Oh, very good. Oh, the boys at the club won't believe me. I keep taking the second question first. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, April 10th, 2011. It's time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 2, 9 or 4. This is No Agenda. Fighting the war-mongering women from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gimbo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'll bet that the connection is come and go, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Why you got to invite the boogeyman in, man? Don't do that. Because it already broke up twice don't, on the, on the call. Don't bring, don't bring in the boogeyman. We don't need him. What do we got here? Hey, in the morning there, Johnny boy. In the morning to you, and in the morning all ships at sea and boots on the ground all over the world, especially in the areas that we're just about to invade. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming your way, bitches, just so you know. We're America. <laughs> and in the morning to all the human resources who are charged up and ready to go just the way their government loves them, especially the, uh, oh, what is it, uh, 700 people now in the chat room or on the stream at noagendastream.com. Nice to see y'all in the morning for your early exactly. morning service. So the big news, of course, John, the big, 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 big news. Well, we have a budget. That's the real big news. No, that's not the big news. What are you talking about? Do, no, you, do, big- you, do you actually live with your feet on the street, my friend? I don't think so. Is just something to do with Justin Bieber? No, no. The big news, and I'll have you know that um, uh, Miss Mickey took me walking uh, yesterday. She took me huh. for a walk. <laughs> she took you for a walk. Did she have a leash on you? Oh, yeah. She took, yeah, absolutely. She took me for a walk uh, at Runyon Canyon, which is kind of this famous uh, walking path. Named after Damon Runyon. Uh, could be. Was he famous? Yo, yeah. What did he do? Uh, he wrote uh, Damon, he wrote, he wrote Runyon esque stories. Oh. oh, his brother wrote Ruben esque stories. So we're in the Runyon Canyon, and uh, what's nice about this is all of Los Angeles that is health conscious, uh, that and, of course, other men being walked and uh, single dads with their children on the weekends, go walking in Runyon Canyon. And what, what I like is, you know, we just kind of, you know, we don't really speak to each other when we're walking, mainly because I'm out of breath, because uh, it's a pretty steep incline. But you hear all these conversations walking past you. And the number one topic of conversation, John, the news. And this is why I can say I have my boots on the ground. Well, you probably nailed it. What is it? Pia got uh, kicked off of American Idol. This was, uh, this is the news. Who? <laughs> Pia. Who's Pia? Pia. Well, she was a contender. Pia Zadora? Yeah. <laughs> she was a contender for the highest. And everyone's upset. Steven Tyler. Randy Jackson, J-Lo all upset that Pia got kicked off. This is impossible. How could this be? Of course, she has a record contract now, but details. Wait a minute. Those are the judges that you're complaining. Why would they complain? No, there? No, you, because why was she kicked off? Because the audience voted her off. Oh, the audience yeah, voted her. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't get to vote, the judges. You see, this is American Idol if you follow it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> But that's how, many, the, how many, I mean, it, all it shows to me is that there's a million people in this country that apparently can sing very well and cannot make a living doing it. Yeah, well, she got a record contract, though. That's why she left. Yeah, so they always, some of the better ones always do. Yeah. And I, but I was but that, re- having a record contract doesn't mean you're a success. No. But I was very happy for uh, the, the news channels and uh, the nightly news because, you know, they needed the ratings. 
And so the budget uh, showdown was exactly what they wanted, and it was perfect for them. The budget showdown was the worst piece of theater I've seen for years. Yeah, but they you know they use all the promos and they had all the the guys on you know the the, the satellite trucks everywhere and they had the little news leakages and it, it was the best they could do. They needed that though. They really needed it. They even preempt Pierce got preempted. Well, this. that's a plus. That would boost the ratings right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, he got preempted. Wolf, whoa! He, but Wolf had to say, uh, Wolf Blitzer in for Pierce Morgan. <laughs> that must have that must hurt him, right? He's like, I'm gonna say this crap. I'm Wolf Blitzer, damn it! I was in the first Gulf War. What are you talking about? Bobbing and weaving. So, um, yeah. Now, of course, as uh, predicted uh, over a week ago on this program, uh, now the real conversation starts, which is about raising the debt limit. This is what all the Sunday talk shows are talking about, because that's really what this was all about. It's not about Planned Parenthood. Please. No, in fact, a couple of things about these debates I want to just at least put. I, I, I like to know how dumb they think the public is. Oh, wait they're, a minute. They're right. Well, except for the so people it, listening well, to this show, they're pretty dumb, John. So it goes like this. So they have the big Planned Parenthood debate, which is bullcrap. I mean, it's, it's bullcrap on, on on so many levels. It's like, one, why are we funding Planned Parenthood in the first place? And if we are funding them, so what do they do with the money? It has to be – they say, well uh, – the Republicans say, well, they're giving the money for public – funded abortions hmm. and the democrats say no we're giving it's a million dollars a day by the way yeah. which contrasts nicely with 180 million dollars a day <laughs> we spend in afghanistan we can't take a nickel away from that yes I but know. let's go back to the the democrats say no the the million dollars a day goes to planned parenthood specifically not for abortions how do you do that kind of bookkeeping well the yeah so anyway so that's yeah. so it's bull crap yeah and then they then the other bull crap thing is the uh, is all the epa the, the Democrats say, oh, the Republicans want to re- go back to the days of air pollution. But the whole EPA debate is only about the carbon credit tax bull crap, which right. is the EPA is trying to employ. Right. And the Republicans don't want to see it. But the Democrats now call carbon credit, the whole carbon credit scam. Clean air. air. air yeah, clean air and air pollution. <laughs> clean air. <laughs> the air is clean. How can you be, John, how can you be against clean air? You just can't be that that horrible a person. But then when we go meta and take a look at the whole, that the perspective from a distance, yeah. these are like minor debates over niggling amount of, amounts of money when we have the, 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 the entire military budget untouched. Yeah, in fact, and I, this I, thing has skyrocketed since the days of Reagan. Yeah, in fact, I believe that the, uh, the national debt in the week that they talked about this 25 or $30 billion that they were, you know, that the whole thing was about cutting in this, this theater, uh, the the national debt actually went up by fifty billion in that week. <laughs> it's like because because of, of the delay, it went up more. It's like yeah. it's ridiculous. It's to, it's a total total theater, total theater. Yeah. And then yeah. and then the the one last aspect of this is the uh, well, you know, I actually have a clip. I let's oh, see where please. it is. Let's, what you got? I got the clip about it's it's. Let me. I have to look at the clips. But it's the one that refers to the budget that's that's in your uh, list. Let's see. I got too many. Uh, carbon as air pollution on no. budget? No. Oh, actually, that's, why don't you play that one anyway? Okay. Let's have a listen. What is the Democratic argument and the Republican argument in each case? 
Well, the Democratic argument is that if the Republicans wouldn't keep insisting on introducing ideology in the form of abortion restrictions and clean air uh, regulations, uh, then, you know, this wouldn't even really be a problem. Uh, but, you know, the Republican position is, look, we had an election in November. Uh, it showed that people want huge cuts in government spending. The Democrats are refusing to go along with that. Uh, and that's the problem. And uh, again, the Democrats say it's the Republicans who are being reckless and want to slash government in all kinds of terrible ways. Okay, that's just an example of NPR's, uh, or actually not NPR, but uh, NewsHour. That's uh, PBS yeah, is uh, yeah. slanting it kind of toward the Democrats in a very subtle way by by bringing in the air pollution thing when we're really talking about carbon tax. I just wanted to point that out. But here's the one. Here's the one I was looking for. It says, well, what it says is no shutdown blather. But I, <laughs> yeah, that's not quite I what it says. Spell the right? word. <laughs> right. No wonder I glossed over it trying to keep the show clean. The deal means hundreds of thousands of government employees will get their check. This military <laughs> wife won't have to fight creditors while her husband's oh. fighting the war. I have two kids who have medical conditions and appointments to go to. We, I have to go to Duke with them, and there's just so many things. And it was a relief of knowing not ha- that I don't have to make a ton of phone calls to financing companies. Washington's annual uh. Cherry Blossom Parade didn't have to shut down or scale down. Ugh. And thousands of tourists in town to see the monuments and museums got an unexpected civics lesson. Yeah. So, okay, let's get this straight. By the way, I want to remind everybody out there, 15 years ago, and I think just a year or two before that, the government had shut down completely. It's happened during, several times in the Yeah, it happens history. all the time. Yeah, it happens. So yeah. it's not a big deal. But, okay, why would they have to shut down a parade in Washington State, the Cherry Blossom Festival, because of a government shutdown? What, I mean, what's the connection? Just to why make you people, aware why, of it. Just, why just can't to piss people, you off. Why can't people, they're showing these people taking pictures of the Washington Monument. You, the government shuts down so you can't take photos anymore? I mean, this is bull crap. <laughs> Duh. That's why we exist, John, to bring people the real news that's being covered up while this charade is taking place. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's just galling. And, and they play it on the news like it's, oh, you people can now <laughs> go back to Washington and take photos. Yeah, but this, I'm telling you, this was all about ratings for the news organizations it was funny i was uh, of course there's nothing on the on the sunday talk shows i get to see like half an hour uh while i'm having my pancakes which i have once a week and um and you know whenever and i like the guy because i've had dinner with him he's an okay guy but whenever uh tim shriver is on meet the press like they got nothing it's like it's literally like uh we have no guests who can we it's call the warning shot yeah it's tim shriver oh and then we've also got uh what's his name the mad money guy What's his name? Kramer? Yeah, Kramer. What's he doing well, on They there? had no guests or someone canceled or whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay, well. But, you know, it's like you, you know that there's just absolutely nothing going on. Nothing. There's, there's just nothing. Everything. I think they're all, they're all on a break right now. They're ready, ramping up for the next thing. Well, uh, we got the pathetic story of the week here in Oakland. Yeah, you live in Oaktown, John? No, but I mean, it, Oakland's right next to us, and so it's, it's, I can say that, you know, we have a pathetic story here in Oakland, and I think my reference point's okay. I think it's legal to make, to, to make the comment such, in such a way. Right. All right. Play this free health care in Oakland thing, so tell me if you think this is kind of weird. 
In the Oakland Coliseum parking lot waiting for a chance to see a doctor for free. The free clinic is hosted by Tennessee-based Remote Area Healthcare. And the group organizes medical, dental, and vision professionals to provide services for free. People began lining up last night for a chance to get free glasses, major dental care, and other essential medical services. I got out here about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and uh, I've been out here all morning standing in line and uh, you know I think it's worth it. The clinic will run for three more days. People are advised to get to the Coliseum at midnight to make sure they can get that appointment. Vouchers are then handed out about 3.30 in the morning for the day's screenings which start at 5.30 a.m. So was this that organization that does this for free or that yeah, goes around the world? Yeah, it's an organization that does it up in the Appalachian Hills. Yeah, no, but they, they do this in like third world countries, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's Oakland for you. I found it to be disturbing. Well, we had this before. They were at the L.A. Coliseum. They had one of these days. And I remember us discussing it on the show. Like, And we found it disturbing then, too. Well, it's still disturbing. Yeah, it's terribly disturbing. Hey, but uh, there's great news, John. I'm I'm uh, I'm so happy. Remember, I had a, a minor meltdown about a week and a half ago when uh, when we uh, went to war uh, against Libya, and I deemed that pretty much unconstitutional uh, since no approval was sought from Congress, and it didn't seem like it fit under the uh, War Powers Act since there was no uh, imminent threat against the United States. Well, my fears have been allayed. Allayed? Yeah, is that is that the right term? Allayed? I, I don't know if there's, but but how? Well, uh, I've come across a memo from uh, Ooh, oh, memo. Yeah. oh yeah, a memo, a, a presidential memo from Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Caroline D. Crass. Let me just say that name again, Caroline D. Crass, because her mama should be so proud of her. Uh, and she's a lawyer, go figure. And she sent a memo about the constitutionality of uh, of this war in Libya, and it's thirteen pages. And, of course, you know me, I, I went through it all. It's uh, it's doable, but it references a whole bunch of other documents, as usual, so I spent some time on it. Um, you know how, John, uh, you've been in court, and I, don't, I know you've been an expert witness, but I've actually been in court, and I've had you know, other parties who were against me. Have you uh, ever been arrested? No, never been arrested. Okay. No, Somebody I, wanted to know. I know, I know. And if I had, that's where we would have met in jail. <laughs> but... Um, if you've ever been in court and you hear the opposing attorney speak, I have to say several times that this happened to me, I'll sit there and go like, well, yeah, if you put it that way, it sounds like I'm a dick. You know, <laughs> it can really make it sound good, right? They're good at this. <clears throat> so um, principal deputy, do. sorry? So what they do. Yeah. Principal deputy attorney, Gen assistant attorney general, Caroline D. Crass, who is either on the way for a promotion or will soon be found in a dumpster. Uh, concludes that, quote, the president has had the constitutional authority to direct the use of military force in Libya because he could reasonably determine that such use of force was in the national interest. See, what she does is she references Article 2 of the Constitution, which states the president bears the, quote, vast share of responsibility for the conduct of our foreign relations and independent authority in the areas of foreign policy and national security. So what they do is they folded Article 1 into the War Powers Act and said it's legal. So uh, there you have it. The, the, the science is in and it's legal. Now, the, the funny thing about this memo, date it was sent April 1st, 2011. I thought that was just beautiful. That is good. Yeah. So we're all set. We're all good. It's legal and uh, power to them. Well, I think 
that's what they've been going on since the Vietnam War, the Korean War. Even. In fact, the document references that exactly. Now, uh, that also means we're not at war. No, no, no. Technically, we're not. Um, so they can't do a lot of, you know, war stuff. Well, what's interesting in the country is itself, like, you know, uh, force people to, to uh, save uh, aluminum foil or uh, or, or, send <laughs> or pantyhose, the pantyhose. You can't wear pantyhose. We need the nylon. Or, I mean, for there's parachutes. a lot. Of, I mean, so you can't treat the <laughs> you can't treat the citizenry as if we're at war. So you can't start no. censoring things and doing stuff like that. Well, I don't know, because they're not really calling it under the War Powers Act. This is something new. This is like, hey, you know, we just got to go and do it. And later on in the show, um, I spent, uh, oh, oh, my God, I spent two and a, two hours and 44 minutes watching. Uh, I wanted to find out who Susan Rice really is, since we talk about this woman all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the ambassador to the United Nations. Well, I have a new woman to hate in my life, by the way. It's her. Oh, ah. what an elitist bitch. And uh, she's basically, uh, she was at the uh, at uh, at a congressional hearing, and there's some weird stuff going on. We'll get to it later because some of the clips, you know, there's a couple clips, and I, w- I want your opinion on it. Um, there's something weird going on there. But she essentially was there to ask for uh, $3.54 billion to fund uh, the United Nations, our part, our little contribution there. And... Um, yeah, and, and she a, was where? Yeah, I missed uh, that. Oh, a congressional hearing. Oh, okay, congressional hearing. But more important, and this is not work that I've done, but I figured I'd play a little bit of just the pertinent piece of this clip at the beginning of the show, and then I'd like to play the whole thing as a show closing clip. So it's a double shot of the good stuff. And this is uh, Max Kaiser, who uh, I think we both like in general. He has some. Mm-hmm. He has some funny stuff. But actually, it's not Max. It's his um, his researcher. What's her name? Shelley Shelby, something or other. And uh, we, yeah, we have a point of conflict. We do. Yeah. What's the point of conflict? Well, I had an end of show clip I wanted to play, which I think has got to be funnier. Which is, uh, but uh, but let me hear what this is, and then maybe I'll, I'll okay. just. I'll just relent. Well, she she does. I mean, I could have just explained it, but it's cool how she does it. She, of course, we talked about the three hundred and seventy eight billion dollars that Wachovia Bank laundered from uh, Mexican drug cartels. Um, And of course, Wachovia Bank is now Wells Fargo. And she connects two dots here, which are absolutely astounding and worth listening to. A big U.S. bank laundered billions from Mexico's murderous drug gangs. So this is the Guardian News, and they've uh, done a deep investigation into the story that we've covered before, which is Wachovia Bank. And they were found to have laundered $378 billion, or 30% of Mexico's GDP in this time, of drug (laughs) money. The cocaine. Of cocaine, yes. $378 billion. $378 billion laundered through Wachovia, which of course now is owned by Warren Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway. And of course, he's never talked about that either. And it's a huge part of the Mexican GDP. And the bank paid a fine. Well, it's $378 billion in money laundering through the Casas de Cambio. And... They paid a hundred and ten million dollar fine, or less than two percent of one year's. Pro- now, just I got interrupt. The Casas de Cambio. I think it's not just where you go change your money. The Casas de Cambio is not just the like a, the exchange place where you go and take your dollars and turn them into pesos or vice versa. 
Well, I think that's what, what it, it is. Well, you look that up while we continue because this is really good. Profits from Wachovia. Wachovia is now owned by Wells Fargo. Warren Buffett owns 6.5% of it. But from this article, there's a very interesting point that I want to note that relates to this whole financial catastrophe. First of all, Wachovia started really um, getting involved in these Casa de Cambio in 2004, just when the, the violence really started getting extreme in the Mexican drug wars. In April and May of 2007, three years later, Wachovia, as a result of increasing interest and pressure from the U.S. Attorney General's office, began to close its relationship with some of the Casas de Cambio. And then in July of 2007, all of Wachovia's remaining 10 Mexican Casa de Cambio clients operating through London suddenly stopped, July 2007. What happened in August of 2007? The world credit crunch. <laughs> so there you go. So they go on to further extrapolate that once, Mex once the Mexican drug cartel said, oh, no, you know what, screw it, we're not going to launder our money through you anymore, that was the only li liquid assets that were coming into the banks. And then right after that, Wachovia and all these other banks started borrowing money from the Federal Reserve because there was no money. It's all drug money. The whole thing is drug money. Everything. Legalized drugs. Yes. No, because then the whole thing melts down. You can't. It's already melted it. down. Now that it's melted down, legalized drugs, and we don't want to deal with this anymore. No, because then the. Well, okay. All right. And then you and I will stop doing this show and go into growing. <laughs> and I bet you now we, is the time you want to go into growing. I the bet you would be really that. good. You know. We, you know. We, you know. Think, now to think about it. Why don't we just do that? We would be really good together. But growing. Yeah. I think we've got enough organicness in us. We could grow some really good stuff, man. That's probably true. Be better than what we're doing here. <laughs> oh, oh, is it that bad? I, <laughs> I was hearing, uh, uh, I can't listen to PBS anymore, our national treasure. No, we're ruined it for everybody, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but the, uh, and, and listen to it in your district if you're in the United States of Gitmo Nation. And, and please tell me, are they now breaking four times an hour for... Uh, <laughs> I'm telling right you, they're the breaking four times an hour for sponsored messages. What's yeah. up with this? This is, this, is not, this is commercial radio, and it's just as bad. And it's we've got your Carbonite code right here. Yeah. Use the code PBS. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's disgusting. Like, and, and, <laughs> I mean, it, not only are they liars because they are a commercial organization... But now they're acting like one with these breaks. Like, you know, PBS, okay, it's, it's you know, your you, ministry you know, I, of truth. I consider, but, by the way, we model ourselves and our way of asking for uh, funding uh, a little bit on the way PBS does and a little bit, bit on the way churches do it. And, you know, but we do it, honestly, we don't take anything but donor money. PBS, I have to say, is probably the most adept organization at, at getting money from every which way. They get it from, I mean, NBC can't do this. PBS has literally has commercials. They have underwriters, which are advertisers. They have government money coming in. Why? And then they still beg for money from the public. It's as though you're watching uh, NCIS and the next thing you know, they take a commercial. We're taking a pledge break uh, on CBS. <laughs> and then they stop the show and beg you for money with, and we'll give you a free disc of NCIS for $150 for your pledge. Now, I just want to say one thing to people who say PBS is not commercial. 
It is, and there's, and I will tell you why. Because at the end of the day, you, the audience, are their product towards their sponsors. That is what commercial uh, media is about. On this show, we're not selling you. You are not the product that we're passing off to somebody else at all. The, the, in, the show is the product. That's the difference. That is the difference between commercial and non-commercial. Well, I I think these people have their nerve, and I but 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 because they're so they research this so well, I have to assume that those four breaks that you're hearing now have been researched. And, it, and I think the meeting would go like this: the guys are sitting around. Going, what do you think we're going to do? We need more money. Well, we only got two billion dollars coming in. We need more. <laughs> well, let's do some. We can do these carbonite ads. Okay, we'll study it. See if the public will put up with it. If the public just puts up with it, let's just do it. <laughs> And they put up with it. The public, nobody says John, it. People defend them. That is exactly how the guy sounded in the meeting. <laughs> and, and, and here's the sales weasel. Uh, we got no more inventory, boss. We got no more inventory. We need more inventory. We're all sold out of inventory, boss. Boss, we need some more inventory. What are we going to do? We need some inventory. I can sell this stuff all the time. We need some inventory. <laughs> the guy has a hair lip or oh, what? Totally. Oh, all these sales guys do it in radio. Yeah, they're all they're all ex DJs. Radio sales guys. They're all yeah, ex DJs who like you know, they get kicked off the air and like I'm in sales now, okay. And they come up with those great wacky promotions. That's that's why that's why radio promotions are so whack because they got ex DJs with hair lips who are selling it. <laughs> Nothing against hair lips, by the way. So uh, let's thank our two executive producers for this show. Uh, we ran up a little short, yeah, uh, right. although actually I think they're. I, you know, I let's put it off. Why don't you play a long clip? Because I, I, I have. Well, we, I'm, I we just keep, just we got to do it now, boy. Well, no, because there's one. I just realized I have another executive producer, I believe, uh, stuck in the drawer <laughs> Yo, downstairs you? who sent in a check and needs credit. Well, can we do him on the next show? Then it'll be OK. I, I don't want to stop the show. Okay, okay. So you know, I would be stopping you know, the like, show. Take a break. Hey, let's take a break, everybody. Let's take well, a break for a commercial <laughs> announcement. <laughs> let's thank who we have. Who All right, we know let's we thank. Have. We got Bruce Kaufman, Tempe, Arizona, three thirty-three thirty-three. He's donated three thirty-three thirty-three to become a member of the three hundred club, plus thirty-three thirty-three to finish his knighthood. Nice. So we'll be knighting. He him today. sold some silver today, so I have a little extra cash. Originally bought two hundred ounces for nine bucks. Today sold uh, sixty-seven 40. of the ounces for forty bucks. Forty and bucks. Yeah. Probably continue to go up but i figured i'd hedge it a little of that's, course that's really now nice. you're playing with house money plus i need the cash to finish out the semester he's a student and is a law school student has no income this is my us. point this is my point here's a student he studies what's going on he makes money he's with house money you're absolutely right he makes money because he believes in what's truly valuable and he's giving to something valuable and he is well, I'm just going to give him a, a little special extra you've been deduced he's a student everybody he also student. wants he's a student he also wants us to play the Gitmo National Anthem which we'll play after I thank our next Black Knight who donated $300 to become a member of the 300 Club and I want to invite people to the 300 Club we only have a few shows left and this is a big deal it's our 300th show and I mean, so we're not here, you know, uh, we're not here on a passing fancy. Uh, no, and uh, Black no. Knight Era Dadarian in uh, Trabuco Canyon, California. Hi, guys. Here's my donation to join the 300 Club. You guys are the best show on the internet, which is absolutely the case. 
maybe he says it's tied with another thing about HDTV and home theater that he really enjoys. Anyway, I hope you can send some karma his daughter's way. She's studying biomedical engineering at UC Riverside. Promise that she will use her degree in a way that is approved by no agenda. The major <laughs> is kicking her butt, and she can use all the karma she can get to keep up the good work. You've got karma. Absolutely. You know, and, and uh, it's, it warms my heart to hear what, uh, what uh, our knights and dames are doing with their kids. It really does. And I hear it the other way around, too. I, uh, I think I have a note later on in the donation segment. Uh, you know, another young kid says, hey, I turned my mom onto your show. And she's pissed off that it's not every day, which I kind of like. Yeah, you would. So we need to play the the national anthem. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation national anthem. I think I'm going to sing along. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all ships at sea. From the east to west, down under to the lowlands and beyond. We are happy and distracted slaves in our Gitmo Nation song. Right, everybody. We are happy and distractive slaves. There you go. All right. Couple uh, PR mentions. Uh, two domain name forwards, which are nice. Thirty-three dot me, which I think is a good one, considering our uh, my obsession with the uh, thirty-three coded messages in the media. And Carmonization.com, which uh, I think is something we actually mentioned on the show. And before you know it, there's a domain name that's registered. And I want to thank uh, all of the producers who are uh, working diligently at the uh, No Agenda News Network, noagendanewsnetwork.com. Uh, we could use a couple different domain name forwards for that as well. Uh, and if you want to be a contributing produ- producer, uh, and this means work, this is not a donation thing, this is actual work to uh, noagendanewsnetwork.com. Uh, just shoot me an email, adam at curry.com, and let me know um, that uh, put uh, No Agenda News Network in the, in the title there. And it's growing. It's good. I mean, you can look at this thing and 24 hours a day, and there's something on there. And it's all the kind of news we use. It's like real news. And there's some real news on there, too, which is how I found out about American Idol. <laughs> and if you'd like to support the show, we highly appreciate it. We're not going to stop for any breaks. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Everybody else out there, you do have one very clear mission is to go out and propagate our, our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Whoa. Order. Say it loud and proud if you can. Shut up, slave. Uh, speaking of shut up, slave. It was this amazing article that uh, just shows you how bad it's gotten. Uh, Kane County, which is, where is that? That's probably like Georgia or something. Um, There's now uh, a new law in Kane County. I'll tell you where Kane County is in a second. Uh, You have to pay $40 per year for a dog walking license. If you want to walk what? your dog. What? Yeah. 
No, no, this is for professional dog walkers. No, no, this no, is obviously no, no. for people who are running a business where they're, you know, no, the guy with the no, 40 no, no. dogs no, no, walking no, no, down no. the street. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's, no, it's not. It's for, uh, officials announced plans Thursday to charge Kane County residents $40 per dog per year for a permit to walk dogs in any of the three off-leash dog park facilities in the preserves. Now, here's the kicker. Well, wait, 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 hold on a second. Now, let me... A dog park or off-leash is not the same as walking your dog. It's like letting your dog run around and have some fun. That's not walking a dog. Walking a dog is putting the dog on a leash walking uh, down the street. I, I don't. I just reported, John. Don't shoot the messenger here. I but. think that you're getting this wrong. There's no no county, no public officials are this stupid well, to do something like you're describing. I'm, I'm not believing it. Well, let me ask you who's really stupid because the deal is that uh, if, you, if you purchase such a license, such a... Uh, you know, $40 per dog per year license, you as dog owner have to wear a tag around your neck while you're walking oh, that the is, dog. Just, check the date on this. April 1st, that's my guess. Really? No. No, April 7th. You sure that seven's not a one? <laughs> yeah, I'm Does pretty sure. Does have a line through the middle? No, no. This is, this is, I've gotten this from several people. This is real. This is real. And you have to wear it around your neck. <laughs> hey, slave, wear this tag. <laughs> I love it. This can't be true. Why wouldn't it be true? It's so ins- it's uh, like it's, it's, it's the so public insane. should be they should have a they should have a bunch of pitchforks and burning things that burn down City Hall. This is not what is the public? Is this one of those things? Let's see what these guys will put up with. Well, they're they're putting up with it. Believe me. Where is this again? Uh, it's uh, from the Daily Herald, Kane County. I don't know where Kane County is. Kane County. Uh, let me see. <laughs> this is great. They got a little picture of the person walking a dog with a tag around their neck. That's funny. <laughs> I'm an official dog walker. I have a dog tag. I got my tag. Get your tag on, honey. I'm gonna go walk the dog. Oh, honey, take your tag. Put your tag around your neck. <laughs> Put your tag on. Uh, Some dog this? haters. Where, yeah, oh well, yeah, definitely. I don't know where that. Let me. It doesn't say. I don't know what this. Uh, Who's the mayor? Michael Vick. <laughs> I would give you a little uh, hot, hot pockets. pockets. Big picture, local focus. I don't know where this uh This is funny. I, I can't seem to find... Somebody in the chat room would dig it up. Yeah. Any, uh, Illinois. Illinois. Huh. Yeah, well, there you go. I just thought that was groovy. That's classic. <laughs> this is where we're going. This is where we're headed. And I think it's... Why stop there? If you want to have your kid on a leash in the airport, you got to wear a tag. Yeah, well, too late now. My kids are grown up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you. But we still have plenty of other slaves we can dupe into this stupid practice. <laughs> it's, it's a good idea in a busy airport. <laughs> no, not about the leash thing. That's funny. But to, to have a tag on. It's like This is the reverse world. In my day, kids, the dog had a tag. <laughs> That's the way I remember it. But oh, no. No, these days you have to wear the tag. Unbelievable. Uh, so we celebrated a, an anniversary. Okay. Not you and I, unfortunately. Well, we got one coming up. It's the 300th show. We'd like to get more members of the 300 Club, please. Right. We, only, we only have about, I don't know, 20. And, we're, and we're, these, all, these all will be uh, executive producers for the 300 Club. and whatever. Yes, and they're the executive producers like for the show. They give the 300, nice. and then, uh, again, twice, double. You yeah. get two credits on your bio. It's a double shot here on No Agenda, everybody. 
Yeah, no, it was the one-year anniversary of the uh, the two-to-the-head action by the Russians as they killed uh, all of Poland's government. Remember that? You just went dead. It's, I'm not. No offense. <laughs> oh, but you gave the two to the head, and then you you dropped about five ten yeah. dBs. Yeah, sorry, this is the one year anniversary of the uh, uh, the Smolensk uh, accident. Oh, the Smolensk, yeah, yeah, that killed what a scam. That, that killed all of the that killed all of uh, Poland basically. <laughs> all the ninety five or ninety six people, the president, his wife, all the you know a whole bunch of government officials. It was like so nice and clean. So tidy. And then Russia today, of course, you know, they're a great ministry of truth propaganda. And by the way, they're trying the Fox thing now with hot chicks, hot Russian chicks, but they're not really. And, and, and they can't, you know, and they're doing it all wrong because they, uh, they're speaking English, these Russian chicks, but they're not doing it like in a sexy spy voice. You know, they're doing it like in bad English, which is, yeah. is no, they have a, a couple. They got, they got to get their act together. Let's, one thing you got to realize. Hey, hey, get your act together. You know, we can teach you how to do this, Russia, today. <laughs> Look, the ch- cheeks no. are hot is good. Uh, and I like no, the, no, thigh the hot boots. is fine, but it should be blonde generally because that's a show business look. Then you then you don't want the dumb. You don't want a bunch of dummies. I mean, the mistake everybody makes is they don't realize that these most of these Fox women are multiple. They have multiple degrees. degrees. Oh, yeah. They're extremely they tend smart. to be lawyers. They have a couple <laughs> doctors of jurisprudence. Yeah. They're not dumb, and they're, and they're trained media people, and, and the fact of the matter is if you go to a law school and you look across the student body, you'll find that there's probably about five or six beautiful women in there uh-huh. that are getting law degrees. You find them, yeah. ask them if they want to be in show business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the next thing you know, they're on Fox. I yeah. mean, that's what, they're just not some, they're more than just a dumb talking head. Right. Well, so Russia today hasn't figured that out yet, and they, they get like the brunettes, and they put thigh high boots on them with jeans, and which is hot. I mean, no doubt about it. But then they just don't have the. They don't talk right. You know, they have to talk like. And they should have names like Natasha. Yeah, no, it should all be these Russian spy. All, yeah, but okay. Anyway, so and they should be flirtatious. They, yes, they're one they're of the not, keys to success. You look at the camera and you kind of flirt with an invisible audience. You flirt. You're John, wet, you, you bat your I, eyes. You and I could do this. We have oh, trained yeah. many, oh, many talents. We have trained many women we on could, how to do it. RT, we could double your ratings overnight. Hire us now. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill for all your news training. That's right. And we'll do everything. We'll do the hair, the makeup, you know, oh, the yeah. clothes, no, we everything. Can, we can bring in some hot. We're some, a full you bring in outfit. some superstars, uh, some superstar makeup people, and then you bring in some uh, interns, and you have the superstar makeup people do the job, and the interns can pick it up because they're not. You can't keep paying these people forever. And then you, you get. Uh, hey, get hey, hey, hey! Stop giving away the company secrets. Anyways, I'm forming the LLC later today. Okay, so uh, but they are of course propagandizing this in the most disgusting way. There was, however, a twist of irony. It was this new catastrophe that healed many of the wounds of the past. This symbolic hug was just the beginning. A year of unprecedented joint work to find the cause of the crash followed. So, uh, before we continue, now you get a bunch of experts who are saying, bull crap, this was murder, only they don't say it exactly that way. Uh, But what she's saying is... Exactly what they wanted. Well, you know, it's like we killed all the Polish government, but it, the whole idea was so we could get closer together, so we could become more friendly, and, and and it's been a success. My experience with the Russian investigators has been very good. They're a very high quality organization. High there quality. is no question about. <laughs> what guy got paid to say that? 
The Russian investor. High quality What does it mean? It's just like a generic comment. You can say that about anyone. About this. The, the commander, the captain of the Polish aircraft is to blame for this tragedy. Sure. The facts, though, were hard to take for some. The investigation was beginning to take on political overtones, with attempts in Poland to push the blame onto Russia. This report is a joke for Poland, exploiting the submissive attitude of the government of Donald Tusk. My claim... This guy, by the way, so it, he was the opposition, and he uh, he uh, didn't take the flight. He's like, oh, I got the sniffles or something, and, yeah. he, and he didn't get on the plane. When you see him talking here, he's, his eyes are all shifty, like, oh, crap, I know these people know that the, what happened here. Is it like completely shifty looking? My claim, my my accusation, and I would uh, personally ask that question to the air traffic controllers: why they were not so hard to press the crew. The transcript of the pilot's last words show... Yeah, by the way, transcript, keyword. There were multiple warnings from the Russian air traffic controllers not to land in Thick Fork and to head to a reserve airfield. They couldn't forbid the plane from landing because that would have been against international aviation law. Poland disputes Russia's findings and is holding its own investigation. Diplomacy and politics should not hamper the investigation of facts. For us, facts are the most important. History suggests Russia and Poland may take their time to settle their differences, especially against the background of a tragedy. But such a high price was paid for the recent reconciliation that even skeptics realize it would be a shame for it to be tainted once again by division and scapegoating. <laughs> yeah. What is this music? This is a bad piece of propaganda. The Russians have got to come to the 21st century. Yeah, really. And this you, is terrible. This yeah. is so transparently crummy. Yeah. And, and and meant to indoctrinate and propagate. Yeah, and it probably would have worked in 1933. Well, and this is this is my whole point is we need to we can fix this. Hey, yeah. We can fix the whole channel. We could fix the channel quick. Yeah, yeah, anyway. I agree. So anyway, so uh, of course uh, my uh, my th my thesis my uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Your assertion. My, nah, assertion. Assertion is better. Assertion is uh, these poor people were killed, and the ones that didn't die in the crash were shot in the head in the woods. <laughs> There's video of it. Yeah. They're just, just like, oh, there's a guy. Hey, 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 what are you doing? You're still alive. No, no we're going to kill you. So, uh, and, uh, anyway, so the pipeline is now running nicely uh, in front of Poland, which was the whole point. All about the pipeline that the Polish president, who was against everything, the IMF yeah, well, against you know, the it's euro. Like hit, that's the Russian version of the economic hitman. They have them too. Maybe yeah. we got the idea from them for all. They got to dress it up a little, though. Let's get it together, people. Get it together. Yeah, they're doing it. Yeah, right. They're, we do a much better job. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's hope. We have the United Nations on our side. The whole oh, stop! Amazing. Stop with the United Nations. Now, okay, let's do this now. I have a couple questions about the United Nations because there's something going on that is really weird. So you've got um, this uh, congressional panel and Susan Rice, who is uh, my age, who is, you know, she, she's got her glasses on the point of her nose. She's wearing the red <laughs> outfit. She's wearing a pince nez. Oh, really? It's just like, and, and of course, the minute the good stuff happened, I'm watching this, for, it's two hours and 44 minutes. About um, an hour and 54 minutes into it, the sound craps out. Yeah, uh, really. And then this is just when everyone's getting really pissed off. 
I think not. Yeah, like, oh, I'm so sorry. The sound is off and they couldn't hear each other. And it's like it's like someone literally like, pull the plug. It's getting hot in here. Pull the plug. So anyway, so <laughs> so she's in there. So she's in there to ask for a three and a half billion dollars of uh, financing, of which one point nine billion is towards peacekeeping missions, peacekeeping, i.e. war shit, war to go and buy some tanks and stuff and painted blue. But a um, couple of, so they do these opening statements. And first you have uh, Representative Gerald Connolly. And uh, and he sets the stage. This is before we get into question and answer session with the elitist warmongering woman known as Susan Rice. My age. She's you're an embarrassment, Susan Rice. And uh, so here's what he says about the United Nations. Roll up your sleeves and make it better. That's the answer. And thirdly, the idea that the UN is part of some global conspiracy to make uh, to create a global government is rehashed right-wing claptrap we've been hearing for over 60 years ain't true and also unworthy of a great power to even express. <laughs> so, all right, okay, I got it. Claptrap. Shut up, slave. It's not global government. And you should have seen all these guys, like all these. Who old, is that guy? Gerald Connolly. He's a he's a congressman from somewhere. And you see all these other guys on the panel, like high fiving him, literally, John. Like <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> you told him, didn't you? <laughs> it's crazy. Now, so um, here's what. Uh, so then we have Representative Sherman. And in his opening statement, which I'll, I'll forego, he basically says, uh, by the way, this, uh, the way you're calculating this budget, this is bull crap because you're, you're, only, you're only doing like the cost of the tank, not the cost of the people running the tank. And he went into it. So it's really more like, you know, $8 billion that she needs. But she, it's a whole lie. She says, he says, you're not accounting properly. And you're, in fact, you're breaking all rules of general accounting principles because you're only counting the hardware and not, not the people that it takes to fly them, the people to support them. We know it's a cost a million dollars per, uh, per, uh, per soldier to support them. This is a big lie. But then, he, then the whole thing starts to go crazy. And then I understand now all of a sudden, what this whole hearing is really about. It's not about the money. It's about something else. And and I need to ask you some questions about that because you might have some historical insight. I'll ask you to respond for the record to the accounting issue I brought up in my opening statement. I hope that the administration will use full cost accounting, which is the legitimate system of accounting, uh, and live with the political disadvantage of truthfully telling the American people how expensive it is for us to provide military assets to these UN authorized activities. Peacekeeping missions. Because then you'll gain for our country the diplomatic advantage of telling the world the enormous burden that the American taxpayer absorbs uh, in order to make available to such actions as Libya our unique uh, military capacity. Unique. Uh, as to Libya, the issue has arisen as to what does the president have the power to do in the absence of a statutory authorization passed by both houses of Congress. Now, you know, that's actually not interesting because, of course, she says, oh, it's written in the Constitution. But all of a sudden, he brings up um, this constant meme, which is, and I'll just quote it, and then I'll play the clip from uh, Ross 
Latinan. Latinan? Latinan? What's his name? I don't know. Now he's the, he was the guy who was high-fiving the other guys, old, crumply-up-looking guy. It's all about they're so angry that the United Nations uses Israel, our partner, as a punching bag. And the whole thing is, and they're outraged, like, we're not going to give you any money. And this, of course, is the whole blow-up happened when the audio coincidentally quit. We're not going to give you any money if you don't stop all this punching. Israel's a punching bag. Israel's a punching bag. Israel's a punching bag. And here's an example of that. Since the U.N. continues to be used to propagate anti-Israel bias, it's important for the United States to show leadership and stand publicly and unequivocally with the Jewish state. So accordingly, I respectfully request of the, uh, this of you. Will you take this opportunity to publicly pledge that the U.S. will join Canada and Israel in not participating in the upcoming Durban 3 hate fest. By the way, I love how she says that. Durban 3 hate fest. Yeah. Because, of course, what happens in Durban is when uh, all of the U.N. countries get together and they talk about human rights. (laughs) Yeah, they talk about, they bitch about Israel. And say, well, Israel's like throwing depleted uranium on people. And it's like, oh, it's, and, but she immediately, she's the chair, the chairwoman of the, uh, uh, of the hearing. He calls it, you know, it's, it's the hate fest. And that the U.S. will withhold funding from it. Secondly, that the U.S. will push for the U.N. General Assembly to repudiate the Goldstone Report, just as it revoked the old Zionism is racism resolution in 91. I don't remember that one. But, uh, yeah, so this is the Goldstone Report, which we talked about. And here's what happened. The Goldstone Report was uh, Professor Goldstone, and he said, well, you know what? Uh, it was pretty bad there that uh, what everything that happened uh, during the recent when, when was that like a year ago, two years ago when they when uh, when Israel went in and uh, kicked everybody's ass. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah so, so he said, well, you know, they they had uh, phosphor bombs that uh, that burned civilians. Yeah, that's when they had their rockets on one side and the phosphorus right, on right, the other. Right. And um, and you know, and this was like a UN report, and everyone's like, well, so there you go. This is not okay. He um, retracted the report in an op-ed in the New York Times. He said, um... Yeah, I know. This has been going over the last few days. This is a big deal. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, um, maybe I didn't quite see it right. Yeah, like maybe someone held a gun to your head, dude, and said, you better pull that back, Goldstone. This is not going to happen. And uh, so he's done that, but it's not enough. Or is the U.S. going to push for a correction in the record to accurately reflect the retraction of Judge Goldstone on his report? And lastly, and if that resolution or statement or anything else is brought to the U.N. that would recognize a Palestinian state or upgrade the status of the Palestinian observer mission, that the U.S. will do everything it can to oppose and stop such measures and will veto them at the Security Council before they get to the General Assembly. So this is what's so amazing to me. On the one hand, we have President Obama saying we need a two-state solution. You know, we can all play kumbaya. I mean, gosh, this has been going back to Carter. You've, how, how long has this been going on? Camp David talks, kumbaya, Malone. Since World War II, actually. Right. We're all going to hold hands. It's going to be great. But, but actually, what everyone is saying is it'll never happen. It's not going to happen. And we're going to veto it through the Security Council in which we have veto power. It's like, okay, got your message, but then let's not waste any more time on it. Let's just say we're not going to let it happen and move on and not pay $3.5 billion for the privilege. 
It's crazy. And what is the deal then, John? I mean, is the UN are are we part of the UN? Are we like the ass kicking UN that goes in and and saves people by killing others in Libya? Or is there some kind of anger thing going on because they're anti Semitic? I'm, I'm really confused. Yeah, you and me both. No, well, I thought I thought you could give me some historical <laughs> insight. How silly of me! Yes, well, you're crazy. Anyway, she did. Uh, there is one little coded message that I think is good. Uh, <clears throat> oh, let me get attention, attention. Hey, what? I was just going to say the UN is just basically a kind of a quasi money laundering operation, and it's uh, <laughs> it's something it's useless. Yeah, but they've really been out of shape about this. Everyone's like. Israel's a punching bag for the U.N. Israel's a punching bag for the U.N. Uh, anyway, so here's uh, Susan Rice with a message for George Clooney. Um, in post-Sudan, the U.N. is in the process. Post, uh, nice little uh, oops, Freudian, Freudian slip there. Post-Sudan, I mean, oops. I didn't mean post-Sudan. I meant post-referendum uh, in Sudan. In post-Sudan, the U.N. is in the process. Post-referendum uh, Sudan, and the U.N. is in the process of assessing... Uh, and talking to southern authorities about what would be the optimal follow-on configuration for a UN mission. We expect there to be one, but uh, we want it to... Uh, it, its composition will depend in part on how far the two parties get in negotiating some of the remaining issues. Right, so war in Sudan on the way. It's happening. Clooney, stay right where you are. It's coming. It's coming up, and you can do your benefit. It's on its way. We got it. She just said it there. Mission coming. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, mission come. Of course, well, the pipeline's got to go through there, man. The pipeline. So we got to, like, we know the mission's going to be there to protect the peace, uh, the pipe, uh, the peace. (laughs) This is a UN pipeline mission. I mean, peace mission. It's totally for the pipeline, just like uh, Kosovo. Are we crazy? No, probably are. No, there's more to it than that. Anyway, uh, Susan Rice is uh, a horrible human being. She scares me. She scares well, she's me. She's the one largely responsible, at least has been revealed in many documents, that between her and Powers, uh, whatever her first name is, I can't Stephanie. remember. <laughs> Powers, the woman, woman this, this yeah. Cass Sunstream, Cass, Cass, Cass Sunstream, Sunscreen's wife. Cass Sunscreen's wife. You know, the, the no agenda BS filter is doing yeah. all that. Thank you. Yeah. Is doing all, it's sunscreen. sunscreen, and I read, and, and I'm, it's hard to read. All of a sudden, you read like <laughs> the unelected United Nations. Like, what? What is that in that doc? Oh, oh, God, it's the BS filter. It's like, the thing never ceases to amaze. Cast sunscreen, right? Yeah, well, cast sunscreen's wife. <laughs> Stephanie has Powers. a lot to do with the Libya deal. <laughs> no kidding. And the infiltration of all kinds of like our chat room. Cast sunscreens infiltrating our chat room. Everybody. Yeah, let's be a little more uh, uh, vigilant in the chat room and kick those people out. Yeah, anyone who shows up as the real Dvorak, kick that guy off. Because you know what that is. That's right. New jingles every day. What was that one? Shill alert? <laughs> yeah, shill alert. Well, he could use that in the show more often. Actually, uh, it was brand new. Uh, we have one from, you know, They Might Be Giants. Yeah, yeah, they got it. This is from an actual song from them. Call connected through the NSA. Complete transmission through the NSA. <laughs> Suspending your rights for the duration of the permanent war. <laughs> I love these guys. 
Your call's connected through the NSA. Yeah, Suspending like your rights for the duration of the of the permanent war. Those guys are funny. He's got a vamp going, too. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, let's see what else we got. Well, I got I tons ha- of stuff. Are you kidding me? The The world is on fire, John. It's on fire. I, uh, uh, I have a thing. I just sent something on your on your clip. It's just a sound effect that you can add to your collection of uh, of you know these kind of. Uh, it's not a you know. It's just a little thing you can use. Shoot. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I thought good. you liked that one. Yeah, I do like it. And we just need to play that from time to time, just as you know, as we're talking, like they do on. Uh, yeah, on like Fox we're talking away. Or... Yak yak yak. All right, exactly. You just just got to keep that going. It, it keeps people awake. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, they wake <laughs> up. Something important happening here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's play with Joe. So Canada's having a big, you know, we lost a couple of Canadian uh, listeners over the uh, last few days. I really? saw one. Yeah, one on tweeted me saying, you suck. I hate your show now. Why? And anyway, what did we do? You never say, you can't tell with Twitter because they don't have enough time to express themselves. <laughs> so, oh, I, I ran out of characters. Sorry. But so what, said, what do we suck? We, 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 so we, I clicked on him and I found he's a Canadian guy. And so right. I said, oh, of course, then I immediately banned him. And uh, <laughs> this is a policy, John. When when people say you suck, you just block them. Is that what you do? Oh yeah, well, no, because I don't use Twitter for that kind of thing. I use my email. So right, you uh, block them there too. You block oh, yeah. everything and everybody. Yeah. I don't need it. I, I already know I suck. So uh, I, it's redundant. So uh, really? so I checked a guy. He's from Canada. So I decided to. I noticed that C-SPAN on the uh, sometimes on Saturday night and uh, yeah, they have the Canadian House. They'll of play Lords the national, which is the Canadian national news. I don't understand why somebody on cable or on the Dish Network or on uh, any of these guys don't have a station that just plays the CBC. Because the CBC's got some great programming. Great shows, yeah. Well, it's because they they all make fun of us up there. That's why. Well, they make fun of themselves, too. Yeah. And probably even more so. But the fact is the Nationals are pretty good news broadcasts. So there was a couple interesting things. And so there's a, a... there's a big, you know, they're having a big election. They're trying to reestablish a government up there. Yeah, you think? And, and there's a couple of interesting things I caught that I thought, even though it's a little typical Canadian, they're a little chatty about this, but play these, this, the, the social media stuff that I picked up on. Play, start with the vote mob surprise rally. And there's two buzzwords in here and then actually a trend of what's going on. It all started on Monday when Guelph University students showed up outside a Tory event. They weren't allowed inside with their message directed to all politicians and to their fellow students. The message to young people is to get out there and vote. Like the last event, today's was organized on Facebook in a couple of days. 285 say they're participating. A meeting place set up and it was off to the rallies. The idea of a vote mob or surprise rally is new, but seems to be gaining momentum. The okay, vote mob. So we have a right. vote mob. Right. Haven't heard that before. Have you heard that? No, no, it's new. It's new. It's vote it. mob, yeah. surprise rally. And so there's a later in one of the other shows are going on and on. Somebody brings up some very interesting aspects of social media that I thought was actually, uh, I thought it meant something. And it was... Uh, uh, and it's the clip social media screwing things up. But this is a round table. If you give a big policy speech, if you're a politician and no one covers it because it's de- deemed to be either too complex or too boring to interest the audience, then it doesn't take very long before you stop giving big, complicated policy speeches. And so we are in a vicious kind of cycle right now where the population's appetite for certain things is dictating and structuring our political uh, class's behavior. And the political class's behavior is driving further cynicism among the population. Uh, I 
in part blame the social media to tell you the truth because I think there there was always a danger and it's happening now. <laughs> the media that covers the politicians, the politicians who are covered, and the junkies the, all get this sense of. Wait, the, did she say the junkies? She means social media junkies. Oh, all right. Uh, the politicians, the politicians who are covered, and the junkies. <laughs> all get this sense of engagement from the very instant uh, gratification of Twitter, Facebook, and etc. And, and it's an illusion. It's a bubble versus what is happening on the ground. And so while they think there's a lot of engagement because this is happening really quickly, they are talking amongst themselves. And I think people are dropping off because of it rather than becoming more engaged because of the social media. I, I think there's an interesting point there that Chantal's making is that the immediacy of social media, the immediacy of media, mm -hmm. the, the acceleration of the debate, one effect of that is it greatly enlarges, in our, at least in our own minds, the significance of incredibly trivial moment-to-moment -moment events. Yep. And I think I think that's what Chantal's saying. I certainly agree. And I absolutely agree with this woman. She's completely right. And, and the only thing she forgot to mention is uh, when we change our uh, Twitter uh, icon to green, we all feel we're participating in something good. Exactly. And it's just a complete circle jerk. She's absolutely right. Who is she's from the French uh, Canadian side? I I think. Yeah, I would her. think. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And th this is rampant. This is exactly what the whole NPR Andy Carvin thing is about. It's a big circle jerk and it's, it's, it's useless. It gives people a drug thinking that you're participating by yelling uh, amongst a crowd of 10 and it means nothing. It, you get it, out of your, it helps you get it out of your system. True. This is, which and, is probably this is good. not good. Hmm. I don't. I think just getting it out of your. This is like the the. This is like the 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 crazy old man at home who sits there <laughs> yelling at the television set, thinking that it's accomplishing something. Enough about me. Stop. <laughs> of course, I do this too. Yeah, of this course guy you do. is an idiot. <laughs> Get him off the air. By the way, this is not a good thing when you live with people. You need to like <laughs> calm down on that. For those of you who find yourself in this position, you probably just want to go to the Twitters and just say this guy's an idiot for no reason whatsoever. Just do it. It'll make you feel better and then your relationship will last longer. This is a very dangerous precedent. <laughs> Sitting there shaking your fist at the television set. Yeah. No, but or the, that panel in a modern society. No, but she makes a, 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 a very a, a very valid point. You know, I saw this. Here you go. So uh, yesterday, disaster struck Gitmo Nation lowlands. Did you hear about uh, You must have heard about this. No. No. She didn't. No. Lone wolf gunman goes into a shopping center with a machine gun, starts shooting uh, apparently two clips, two uh, full clip rounds. Uh, I didn't know machine guns were legal in that. You know, hold Holland. on. Hold on. I'll get to all the good stuff. Um Killing a minimum of five could be more, wounding several others, uh, four severely wounded, so the death count uh, will rise. And, and, and this is completely, apparently a 24-year-old kid who, and by the way, when you're 24, you're a kid, okay? You're like a moron. Okay, 20, 24 year old. These are the same kids like the moron who wants, uh, doesn't want noodles to tell him how to cook the noodles. All right? And he was a member of a gun club, of course. And um, and and but what happens is because I immediately took to the Twitters. Do you need the of course in there? Well, I'll tell you why you need the okay, of course go on, in there. Go on. Keep so going. I, I took to the Twitters immediately to see what people were doing, and the and they they were doing exactly this. They were all venting their frustration, which means absolutely nothing. 
You know, if you really want to change something, slaves of Gitmo Nation Lowlands, you got to get out on the street and change something and not be yelling at your TV and not be yelling at your Twitters because that does nothing. Now, let me say something about what happened because, of course, this has never happened in the Netherlands. This is... What? This is like Columbine. This is like America. This can't. Why is this happening here? Well, since no one has given you an explanation and since none will be given because this is a a, a known pattern, I will give you one explanation. I'm not saying it's the explanation, but one. It was time. It was your time to have this type of an event. These are MK Ultra slaves, and they get <laughs> turned on, and then they and then it's perfectly set up. Of course, you know we need we might as well grab some gun stuff in there as well. How could he have been a member of a gun club? Didn't they check him? Isn't it? We need psychology, psychological research on everybody. Nice. The police state is about to clamp down on you, and you will get no explanation. They're not allowed to read the so-called note, the suicide note. Um, the note he left for his mom, the note he left about all the bombs he was going to place everywhere. It's just one explanation. I'd love to hear another one. But it's this has happened around the world where we get young people just cool, coolly walking in with, with submachine guns, machine guns, shooting everybody up for no reason. Give me another reason. I'm happy to believe it. But I think it was your time. False flag. They're bringing it. The, now the curtain drops on Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Just it's one. Been dro- it's been dropping. Yeah. yeah, well, it probably is false flag. Every, you know, there's a lot of these things. And you're right. That Oh, that's why they had to have the gun club. Of course. Of yeah, course. it's part of the script. Yes. Thank you. 24-year-old schmuck. And by the way, his name, Tristan. Hello? Hello? Tristan. Is this thing on? Who was it? Who was the Columbine shooter? Was that I also? Know. I think that was also a Tristan, wasn't it? I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Remember the Columbine guys? Let's maybe. call Michael. Moore. Well, look it up. I'm gonna look it up now. You can't be just throwing stuff out. By the way, I got the quote of the day from uh, from Shill Eric the Shill. Yeah. Which is quote? I updated my Facebook status in protest. <laughs> Great. It was. It was uh, Tristan. Tristan and. Uh, who's the other guy? Wait, you're telling me that this guy's name's the same, so you have a, a callback, a, a subconscious callback to sure, Columbine? Sure, sure. It's not a Dutch name, I don't think, Tristan. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't strike me as Dutch. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's one explanation, okay? I'm happy to hear another one. Happy to. But, uh, no, this is not good. <laughs> Updated. I'm protesting... Gun clubs. I'm updating my <laughs> Facebook status now. Everybody, change, that'll show you. Change your Facebook status to uh, anti-gun club. <clears throat> Tristan Matthews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, hello. This is how that stuff <laughs> that works. This is how that stuff works, man. So it's just one. I'm not saying it's the. And of course, it's a tragedy. And it, you know, my mom used to live near there. She could have been shopping there easily. You know. Yeah. Well, no, she couldn't well, have because she's, 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 she's not with us anymore. But I'm just yeah, saying. It'd be hard for her. Yeah. Roll <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a, she probably would have gone to Tristan total. Tristan is a, is a uh, Celtic uh, right. baby name. Yeah, so, so it's uh, not, not, very, uh, not very Dutch. Coincidence? I think not. So I'm watching uh, CNBC. Uh, and, of course, what's oil now, John? Uh, one... Like the the real the, the Brent stuff. That's like one ten. 
Nobody goes. Not, you went to regular oil, which is about 107, I think, still. I'll look at it. I'll, I'll look I, at it while you just go on, and I'll, I'll check it out. You check that. So we got some of the sweet stuff that's like 120. Um but the uh, I think the the crude I think it's the Brent is like one I think it's around one ten. Now, so there's a little morning show CNBC. You know I got to watch this stuff from time to time. And uh, uh, base, the basic crude oil is one thirteen. So, more than you said one thirteen. I was wrong. Now remember we've been promised one no two hundred oil is what we've yeah, been which promised. Is crap, that's never going to happen. Oh, okay, okay, and, and gold's not going higher either. I never said that. Yes, you did. You said they're no. going to, they said they're going to manipulate it down. They are, but not right this minute. <laughs> okay, right. And pigs will fly out of my ass one day. One day. So that's just, always a possibility with you. <laughs> it could happen at any moment, but one day it will take place. Now, listen to what he says about this. This is very interesting. They're closing over one hundred ten dollars WTI. That- uh, do you hear that? It's so cool. We just have to have more. That is where is it headed next? Let's analyze this. Oil trader David Greenberg joins us on the fast line. Uh, David, uh, in terms of demand destruction, the key here is, you know, when you hit 110, when Brent hits one, over 120, at what point, what's the magic number here uh, where oil is too high? Well, I think we really see it in the gas prices now. Um, people are filling up at four and a quarter on the East Coast. Go out west, go to Hawaii, you're going to see even higher numbers. And I think we're at the point now where, I mean, the speculators have just taken control of this market and it's just out of control. Hey, David, it's Joe. I mean, really drill down on that. You've got electronic trading basically driving the price of oil right now. It's above 110. How much do you really believe of the move is attributed to speculation? And is there anything that can be done about it? Well, Joe, you and I go back uh, a few Gulf Wars ago. Yep. And throughout all the Gulf Wars and through all the instances that we were through, uh, when the floor was open, you never saw a spike like this. Nope. And basically what's happening, and if you, if you go back in time, you really have to think about how electronic trading happened, why, and for the real reasons why it happened with oil. And what's happening now is that with the amount of money that is in this market, the market's too small to handle it. So it's very easy for any fund that needs a position to go one way or another to slam it with the algorithms. And that's what's moving this market right now. So I kind of like that. So it's, makes uh, sense to me. It makes yeah. nothing but sense yeah, to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me, too. It's like you know, it's just a whole bunch of uh, electronic trading going on, and, and, the, and the market is only of you know, a certain size, so anyone can influence it now. And, and yeah. guess what? It's probably not going to be in our favor. Well, it will be when it turns around because the speculators go both ways. They're not bulls. Right. You know, they'll run it up as high as they can, and then when they see the moment where they where it's opportunity knocking, they'll pull the rug out from under it and speculate their way down where they can make money even twice as fast. It goes down twice as fast as it goes up. Right. And so, uh, so it, it's we're we're not even it's not in our favor or out of our favor. We're just pawns. <laughs> yeah, they have to put up with this bull crap. <laughs> but but I, I'll, I'll I'll give you one guarantee. If it goes down to like 80, which it probably should be more like 50. Let's say it's going down, well, the dollar is weak. So let's say 60 or 70. If it goes down to about that price, somehow I don't think the the pump is going to go below $4. I mean, I think we've kind of got that covered now. It's like, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it'll. I think we'll again. We'll see three dollar uh, three oh one gas before uh, the end of the year. I don't know about the end. Yeah, of the you year. can't be so vague, man. It's like this is like the pigs. Okay, I'll out give of my it, eighteen months. We'll be back to three dollars oh, and twenty cents. Eighteen months, as we what? say in Holland, we done left. What does that mean? Whoever lives then. 
18 months. It's not like I'm predicting something out 25 years. Well, you know, May 21st is when we're all going to die. We have, you know, we have continuing. Yeah, I thought that was 12, 2012. No, man, this is the this is the, God. You should. I walk on. Oh, I don't. Hey, really. wait a minute. Why don't we use this as a as a as a plea? A donation for getting- drive. What? Yeah, because yeah. look at what difference is it? What is your money going to do? What good is your money going to do you? Yeah. So, all right. So here's the deal. Okay. So we've got hundreds of people now crowding the streets of Los Angeles. Mickey went downtown LA. <coughs> she's starting to uh, get into her passion, which I'm so happy about. She's she's a, a great. <laughs> Shopping? No. <laughs> With what? I looked at some rings yesterday. I said, that's great. She said, there were a couple of options. I said, no, there weren't. <laughs> Zero options. And um, anyway, so she went, she's, no, she's, uh, she likes to photograph architecture. And I think she's pretty good at it. In fact, I think she's damn good at it. There's not a lot of people who do it well. And so downtown LA is actually quite beautiful. Of course, it's falling apart, but it's really, it's old, it's old school and it's not fake. And it's, uh, it's nice buildings. And there's just tons of guys. I said, you got to take some pictures of these guys for me. They're all walking with sandwich boards. You know, the end is nigh. And it's May 21st. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get some shots of that. I need those pictures. Okay. May 20. I think it's May 21st. And that's when this is what they're all saying is May 21st is when the uh, world ends. No, it's a judgment day, actually. And uh, it's the uh, let's look at let's consult the book of knowledge for a moment to find out exactly what this is about. May 21st is the 141st day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. Blah, blah, blah. All right, where's the death part? Jeez Louise, the book of knowledge doesn't do very good. Uh, judgment, Huffington Post. Okay, it's the other uh, book of knowledge. Huffington Post should have the information about the end of the world. Don't you think Ariana would have it? Yeah, I would think. <laughs> uh... Will mark the second coming of Christ, or at least that's what some Christian groups believe. I thought it was Judgment Day. I thought that's when we're all supposed to die. Well, I guess not. Well, what is we? Where we do? Maybe it's better to Google it. The Book of Knowledge may not have this information. <laughs> the Book of Knowledge is not up to speed on this. No, it's apparently Judgment Day. The leader, the blah 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 blah. Well, anyway, everyone's walking around Judgment Day. So, but I guess when he, I think we all have to die before he comes or something like that. And it's the rapture. Conf- the rapture. Mm. Yeah, that means every, all the, the the believers go up to heaven. That literally they get pulled up like a from an alien spaceship, sucking them straight up. Oh, is this when we have to have the the pink, tra- the purple and, shoes and, and tracksuits on? And the rest of the people sit around and they have to go through the tribulations or, or, or I, I got it wrong. The tribulations, something else. But everyone else has to be hanging around and they have to deal with the Antichrist and they had a lot of fist fights and things like that. So then perhaps we should say if we don't all so either we can go two ways, either if we don't all die on the 22nd, you should be anti up because apparently we help save the world by enlightening a, a portion or if you're well, it's a double whammy. Or if you just think it's all going to end, just get, send us your cash now. I think that would be a good idea, and I want to remind people what we do on this show because we're going to take a break in a second to talk about it. But I want—I I thought a very interesting happen, uh, thing happened this last week or so. I didn't realize that one of the reasons Glenn Beck is being thrown off Fox is because 
they, a bunch of presser groups got together, organized by who knows who, uh, to, to, to get his advertisers to pull out because he still has huge ratings. And I, so I've got this clip here and I want to play it, which is Sharpton. And this is, this came on the Edge show on MSNBC and Ed Schwartz is a, just a, a real uh, hateful a, person. Yeah, he's a douche. He's a total douche, hateful person, but he had, he had, the information was on here that I thought was, was interesting. And people out there listening to this show, supporting our show, should pay careful attention to it. This is yet another reason we refuse to deal, even deal with the idea of turning our audience into a product and selling it to advertisers. Play that. And of course, the economics of all of this never really worked out. A bunch of advertisers fell off. A bunch of lists got put together. People didn't want anything to do with Fox or his program when it came to advertising. Joining me now is Reverend Al Sharpton, president of the National Action Network. Reverend, good to have you with us tonight. Good to be with you. Uh, what, what is happening here? Is it, is it the economics? Is it uh, beyond the point of diminishing returns? Is this a mission accomplished? How do you view Beck's departure? I think all of the above. I think it's a mission accomplished. He was there to say the most absurd and outrageous things. What they didn't count on is the effective use of some groups in terms of going after his advertisers. And there you have I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. So, uh, so that's exactly it. That's why we can't even have advertisers because a, you would be the product who were listening, and b, the the show gets stopped. It's simple. If that's the true reason, it's certainly well. It's one of the the reasons. I I think the whole thing is is more of a theater. I think I don't think he was ever put there to be there forever. But but if if it's not the true reason, it is a reason, and it's a reason that people are looking. It's giving advertisers the feeling that they can do this, and I think advertisers do this all the time. By the way, of course they do. Why do you think so, they advertise on NPR to influence the programming? Duh! <laughs> hey, look at your email. Look at your email. Mickey, uh, Mickey just, I afforded you. Mickey just emailed uh, a picture. This is great. These guys got it down. So this is cool looking dude. The, 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 you went to me to look at the Mickey email? No, it's from me. I just forwarded it. Uh, maybe it's I a woman. It no, I think it's a woman. It's a woman? Yeah. With it, with it, with it, with it. <laughs> She's got the... the Mickey, Mickey, we, we, Mickey, tweet that, will you? Tweet that picture, man. It's too funny. This is a picture of a woman carrying a sign, the edge. The end is near, Judgment Day, 100% biblical, May 21st, <laughs> 61 days, and then she's got it, she's she's listening to an iPod. Yeah, but I love the 100% biblical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the 100% biblical, but it's the iPod thing that, that really does me. it. That really does it. Yeah, it's fantastic. No, we're all going to die. So uh, before we do... Let's uh, blow some uh, cash on hookers and blow. Well, actually, we have bills to pay, so we'll probably do that instead. Uh, Daniel Hutner, Murphy's, California, $166.21. Did the math, and damn it, Adam's right. Here's $111 for my birthday I had on Friday, another 55 to get me closer to knighthood. Thanks for giving Governor Ventura a little publicity on Thursdays. Closer to the truth than uh, just a little crackpot. Uh, <laughs> okay. Agree with that, whatever that means. Alan Boulderoff in Para Hills, West South uh, Australia. Call me AJ from One Three Hill, South Australia. Okay, AJ, sorry. Get Monation Hyperbowl, blah, blah, blah. He's got a link we have to put in. Please, I figured this was the time to get a de douching. Okay, You've been de douched. <laughs> 
I've been listening for about a year now, and you guys just reinforce what I've always suspected. Wife and I are expecting our fourth child any day now, and karma would be a good thing to keep up the good work. Well, I could have done a double shot. You should have asked yeah, me. You've I... got karma. It's all right. We can hit two buttons. Not a problem. Dame Astrid, our friend from Tokyo. Uh, happy birthday, Sir Mark. Aww. Amazed that you're driving energy. Slow down once in a while so people can actually follow you. He's probably a fast walker. My wife complains I'm, I'm that way. Yeah, Adam, wait a minute. Not just your wife. Whenever- oh, yeah. You're, you know, this guy, I, people out there have to get to imagine a guy who is 6'8", which is Curry, <laughs> and he six, walks eight. like an old black man. Hey, wait a minute. That was totally <laughs> racist. What are you talking about, old black man? Now there's a certain style. I walk like an old Chinese woman. Yeah. But Mickey does the same thing. You guys are like hustlers. I'm like, dude, dude, John, slow down. You're like, you know, know, it's like if you don't get somewhere, like you're going to keel over before you get there. You're not going to make it. I I figure I got that much time left. I I, I reminded somebody once said, what what are you charging up San Juan Hill? (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly like amazing. So amazing how the birthdays add up to $111. I always knew you guys were geniuses. Oh, geniuses. And uh, she also did donate. Uh, did she donate? I guess she donated another $111. I love our uh, our uh, knights and dames. Belated happy birthday to John. Wishing you will stay 59 at heart forever. Fellow Aries dame. Oh, that's good. It makes sense. She's an Aries. Yes, uh, that's and right. Sir Mark and Mo Nathan Sushi. And, you know, Sushi. I, I, I met both of them. Yeah, you I, went out and had that. Uh, I, I had dinner had, with them. Had dinner with them and thought they were charmers. They are phenomenal people. Well, they're world. These two people and people can look them up. Uh, yeah, they're like they, they're like no slouches. They're f- very famous architects. They do. Uh, uh, they're gonna. I, well, yeah, I guess we can't discuss some no. of the stuff that's confidential. But they've got some contracts for some big buildings. Uh, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, no, they're world famous, and they live in Gitmo Nation shaky ground. And they're cha- they want us to change it to Gitmo Nation Natto, which is fermented soybeans, <laughs> okay. since everybody stays away from fish right now. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll eat the fish. I'm not afraid. Tyler Brigham. Brigham, Tyler. Yeah. San Luis Obispo. Uh, here's 100 bucks for Adam messing up the message of my domain forward. I was proclaiming the merits of adding slash donate to all domain forwards and gave shutupslaves.com slash donate as an example. This is actually not a bad idea. It's uh, no, great. No, it's a great idea. <clears throat> it was it was my mistake. I thought that he had set that up. He was just saying, no, this is great that it's done and everyone should do it. Yeah, uh, I think of that's course. probably shutupslaves.com slash donate. Or and, dot N-A slash N-A. Or, yeah, or SeanHannity.com slash N-A or BarackObama2011.com slash N-A. <laughs> we are the kings of domain names here. We're going to get, get We're going down. Henry. We're going. We're going to get so James sued. James Pierce. You know, here, this is, is it. Uh, yes, you're being served for stealing Sean Hannity's audience. And we'd be like, dude, you can have him back here. <laughs> we don't <laughs> want him. We don't want your audience. James Pierce could. Copperus Cove, Copperus or Copperus Cove, Texas. Uh, 99.99. Hey, John Adam, once again, I love your show and can't get enough. You bring to light many of the most horrible things going on in the world. Thank you very much and make me laugh about it. <laughs> okay, no, that's we good. We laugh at disaster. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, when, if there's like disaster around, you want us. <laughs> We're the Molary and Curly of, uh, of disaster. That's what we Hot are. Pockets. So, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, we laugh in the face of disaster. Hot pockets. He needs a shot at karma. Mm-hmm. No problem. You've got karma. Okay, Mayrin Mozafrin. Mozafrin. No, no, Mozafari. M O Z A F F A R I. What do you think? Mozafari. Yes, what I said. Mayrin Mozafari, New South Wales. uh, Now talk about his wife, his even better name. Yeah, he's he's going on. He wants to thanks for one of the greatest podcasts in the world. My no, no, wife no, no, and I. No, excuse both, me, the greatest podcast in the world. The uh, longtime listeners, uh, first time callers. It would be great to make you if you could deduce us. I also wanted to ask Adam to say happy birthday. We're going to do that to uh, Sapita, which is her birthday, uh, as same as mine, April fifth. John, happy birthday to you as well. Hope this will. Be a surprise for her, blah, blah, blah. You've been deduced. Especially the blah, blah, blah part that uh, you wanted <laughs> to punch, very good at that. punch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike uh, <laughs> Pelletier in uh, North Chelmsford, Massachusetts, requesting a deducing and some karma. Give him a double. Lost my job. And this is the first time. You've been deduced. You've got Oh, karma. that was tight. That was tight. I sold my original PC motherboard at 48K on eBay, so here's a 5150. That's interesting. I wonder what he got on eBay for it. Thank I you. have I have an original IBM PC. Well, yeah, I'd say that's closet. that's dinner. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I have the original screen, too, the green screen monster. Then we have a few $50 donors, including uh, Andrew Sawyer in Vancouver, B.C., David Millibrook uh, in uh, Aberdeenshire, U.K., George Vanderhorst, Tristan Lennon uh, from Wagga Wagga, <laughs> and Tristan Wilson. A lot of Tristans, and we had Tristans in the news today. That's a very interesting coincidence. Mm-hmm. I want to thank all those people. And we, I think we had one, uh, do we have something, a, a note from Eric? Because I did get an email. Well, no, that, the, no, that was the, uh, well, I have the make good birthday, which we have for uh, Merhan Mazafari's lovely wife. We have that one. Okay, I got a couple other things. Uh, but most importantly, the show is the product. It is what we do for you. It is what we do. Okay. And uh, and I appreciate you for supporting the show, uh, it, all of you, even our uh, $5 a month donors, uh, well, especially, actually, because keeping on that is a big deal. You have to maintain it because PayPal cancels your stuff all the time. Uh, the $11.11. $11. Of course, uh, remember, we've got the 300 Club, the big show coming up uh, just uh, three. Sh- what is it? Uh, no, five shows from now, right? Is it two nine or four? Yeah, five shows from now. Five shows from we now. We need some more members of the various clubs in that that celebrate the specific show we're on show 290 what 294 294 yeah, or 294 mm-hmm. and then uh 295 club will be next week so you can join that or the 300 club and i'm pretty sure and i'm pretty sure that uh there aren't many uh radio shows television shows or podcasts that uh, pay no attention to any holidays whatsoever april 24th of course will be easter uh john what will we be doing this show. This show. I said it'll be a Sunday and it doesn't matter. We do this show and we and we're we're I think once or twice we have had to move it to an evening or we whatever. move it around a little bit sometimes. Rarely, and I, rarely, and I think rarely. this upcoming Christmas, we're warning everybody nine months in advance. We're pr- I'm going to probably insist that we do the clip show that I've been working on for nine months. <laughs> I'm up to I'm up to an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> 
and right. which is just cli- clips that are strung together in a very funny way. All the clips that we use on the show, really, it'll. I think it's more entertaining than the show. To be honest, it's really funny. Don't give away the secrets, man. Yeah, but well, what secret? It's taking me forever. I couldn't do a show like this much. It would take. It's impossible. It's like once a year if I'm lucky. I'm looking so. Anyway, so I because the last Christmas we it was a bench, basically nobody listened, and it was something of a bomb, I think. So, and, and thank you, yeah, it was. Uh, thank you, everybody who's in the chat room today and on the stream. Uh, it looks like we have a new record: eight hundred twenty-three people listening live, which makes me feel good about doing this live. Uh, your support at uh, any giving level, of course, a thousand dollars or more gets you a knighthood, and uh, you can always become an executive producer or associate executive producer. And we will be doing a knighting in just a moment. There's one thing to remember. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And I'm reliably informed kids all across Gitmo Nation are annoying their parents to no end by walking around going, Dvorak, that slap him there. These are kids of like two, three years old who hear that jingle and they can't get it out of their head. Well, play it again. Dvorak.org slash N-A. That's right. Hello, kids. It's your Uncle Adam here. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Hutner celebrates uh, a celebrated birthday on April 8th. Uh, happy birthday uh, from the No Agenda show. And of course, Dame Astrid uh, wishes uh, Sir Mark Dytham a very happy birthday. And it's uh, those two have an incredible, I, I'll just have to call it a love affair, even though they might disagree. And it's very beautiful to see that. And James Pierce uh, celebrating birthday. And of course, a mate good, uh, sorry we missed it, uh, Merhan Mazafari uh, wishes his lovely wife, Sepadia, a very happy birthday she celebrated on april 5th how can we forget that date the same day as my podcast partner john c dvorak oh uh blade time john new one look check it out whoa shiny be careful where you chunk that thing eh brian coppin step forward please Brian, now that you have reached the giving level of $1,000 or more, we are very proud to welcome you to an exclusive club, which is ever-growing, and soon we'll all be sporting the Rings of Knowledge. That's right, you, sir, are now a knight. We hereby pronounce the Sir Brian Kaufman, knight of the Noah Gender Roundtable. Hookers and blows, Chardonnay and Renboys over here, have a seat at the table, sir. You are now in a very exclusive club. Let me see that thing again, man. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, look at this. Look at the stone on it. Just, I don't... Huh? There. Yeah. Not, <laughs> let me put it back. Okay. So, uh... uh <laughs> wait, wait, also wait. Go to Theater of the mind. <laughs> Noagendashow.com. There's a link there also. Uh, Noagendanation.com slash NA or slash donate. Yep. Uh, there's a link there. And also, um, I think there's still one at channeldevorek.com slash NA. Hey, big up to uh, Gitmo Nation. What's Iceland? What is the Gitmo Nation volcano? That's what it is. Glacier. How about Glacier? No, the, the BS filter yeah, volcano has, it, is probably has better. volcano. Yeah. So big up to the people of uh, Gitmo Nation volcano, <clears throat> who yesterday had a referendum vote. Now, if you'll recall, they had a, the whole country melted down because uh, Iceland Bankski, or something like that, uh, had lent all this, uh, had had the savings accounts for uh, citizens of Gitmo Nation East, the United Kingdom, and Gitmo, Gitmo Nation Lowlands, which, of course, was a total scam. 
and uh, people had these internet savings accounts with really high interest. Yeah, like, you know, hello, if it's too good to be true, it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So the bank uh, fell apart, and then what uh, the international bankster said is, well, listen, slaves, they're uh, in Iceland, you're going to have to pay it back. You'll just have to have austerity measures and all kinds of things. You'll have to pay it back. And they went, uh, we don't think so. And so then, you know, they brought in some new uh, shills into the government, and, uh, and everyone's too afraid to sign off on it because they know if anyone in government would say, all right, let the human resources work for 30 years to pay it back, uh, they would get killed. So they, they were too chicken shit to do it. Excuse the language. So they held a referendum. And, and big ups to the, uh, to the human resources there. They, all, they voted no. Like, no, we're not going to pay that back. Screw you. And now, of course, uh, everyone's freaking out. <laughs> so uh, because the governments of the Netherlands and the United Kingdom already paid back uh, the money to the people who invested, which yeah, I, this is like I, getting, I don't understand. This, this is like getting, you know, to me, this is like those scams that took place some years back during the modem era <laughs> where you would call up a, a website because that's the way you did it directly. And it would it would be a scam and it would redirect a call to Romania, which is a per minute call of $100 yeah, a minute. Yeah, you get a huge phone bill. You get a huge bill for $30,000. And then the phone company says, hey, there's nothing we can do about it. International tariffs. It's an agreement. We can't do anything about it. So right. you're basically, they're, they're all part and parcel of a scam to yep. take your money yep. and it's like you know when it's bull crap it's illegal the whole thing was illegal it was a, it was a, it was a, it's it's unconscionable that they would still still try to well let's see if we can jerk them around some more right. i'm glad they did that right well uh, of course just say no you will recall that when this thing first came down what was the first thing that gitmo nation east uh gordon brown at the time what did he say you remember as i recall no. He said mm-hmm. they were uh, part. They were terrorists. Don't you remember that? He called <laughs> no, them. Like, yeah, right. yeah. He said they're terrorists, and uh, therefore they have to be locked out of everything. You can't do trade with them. I'm invoking the terrorism law. That's the first thing uh, he did. He called Iceland a terrorist state. That that was his way of uh, of, of kicking their ass temporarily. This is the problem that we have with this whole terrorism crap. Terror. It's ter- it's terrorism. Squirrel. Terrorism. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, so it could just so happen By the way, again. Eric DeShill suggests, and I think this is a good name, which would be Gitmo Nation Puffin. <laughs> puffin? Yeah, but if you go to Iceland, I don't know if you've ever been there, but all no. they eat is puffin. They have puffin burgers, and they have roast puffin, and then there's puffin steaks. And there's all right, all right, let's have a referendum, shall we? Fried puffin. <laughs> what is puffin? Puffin is the cutest. Look it up. Look it up in the book of knowledge. Puffin is the cutest bird in the world, but it's like the <laughs> no. pigeon. It's like the pigeon of Iceland. No, There's I'm millions gonna, of them. I'm not going to eat a, a puffin. It doesn't. It's sound- beautiful. It's a beautiful bird. <laughs> no, I don't want to eat no puffin. But they grab them and they choke them. They choke them and then they rip. <laughs> they the, choke them. <laughs> they choke the puffin and then they 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 grind them in the meat. Hey, these guys are terrorists. Wait a minute. We, you, we, can't you just, like, kill the puffin humanely? You have to choke him? Well, I don't know that. Hey, John. Hey, company. John. Hey, John. After the show, I'm going to go choke the puffin. <laughs> yeah, go choke the puffin. I'm, go choke the puffin on your own time. That's <laughs> it. Get more nation. Choke the puffin. Change the BS filter. We have a new name. All right. So, But, of course, uh, this will be very interesting to see what happens uh, because, uh, you know, it's like, 
Now we have young Kees de Jager, who was the Minister of Finance in the Netherlands, who I know, who used to be the Secretary of Finance. The guy is a Microsoft IT guy. He's a total douche. And he look, he's, like, he's like one of these typical, isn't it worse? He's an IT sales guy. And he's now the Minister of Finance. He's, he's been totally assimilated. Oh, I'll do whatever I have to. You know these, you know these guys, these I like who sell for Oracle or something. You know, yeah, they're good sales guys. Yeah, right. So he's like, oh, they sold himself into the government. Yeah, work. yeah, exactly. We're gonna have to go do something about that. I don't know what we're gonna do. So meanwhile, of course, um, is that the way he talks? Totally. I don't know what we're gonna do. Uh, we got to go figure something out. Um, Get my nation, Brussels sprouts. Now uh, known for a number of things. Uh, one of their uh, many accomplishments in uh, Belgium is uh, they now hold the Guinness World Record for longest period of time without a government, which is just great. And these guys should be celebrating. Has, has, it, me- has it made a difference? Well, it's about to make a difference, according uh, to the IMF. They, uh, the they, IMF is cracking the down. IMF is cracking down. Here's a report. The country that holds the world record for not having a government, Belgium, has just received a fresh warning from the International Monetary Fund. In a newly released report, the IMF warns that the 10-month post-election stalemate threatens Belgium's economy because it hampers policymaking. Belgium has a huge sovereign debt, 94% of the country's GDP. The IMF says... Yeah, I know. I I was like, really? What? 94%. Well, they'd make nothing in Brussels. But French fries. Yeah, they make nothing. So we're about to hear from this really, really cute girl. And she sounds like Doug. No, no, this is this isn't her. This oh. this is the this is the report. Now we're hearing a really cute girl. The interim government cannot take sufficient measures to tackle the problem because it has limited powers. Local experts agree this is a problem. And if we don't have a government uh, right now, we also face the risk of being downgraded by uh, Sanders and Paul's that have said in in December that if we don't have a government uh, uh, by June, we won't. Uh, they will uh, cut down uh, our waiting for. A A plus to double A. But so, um, in case you understand it, <laughs> standards and poor's. Yeah. So the irony is, she has like double C's, and she's talking about double A. And I was just like, ah, is it the whole thing was just meant to entice me? I'm sure. And oh yeah, you don't. Yeah, that's all. She's done on really, purpose. really cute, and she goes from from A A plus to double A. And I'm looking at her C's. I'm like, ah, yeah, uh, you uh. would. So, yeah, so Standards and Poor's, which is a commercial ratings agency, is going to screw them. Yeah, well, yeah. so. No, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying. They're, it sounds like they're already screwed if they have that kind of race, debt ratio. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. It's, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's up there with, with bad. It's up there with pretty damn bad. Huh. Yeah. So I have a, uh, a thing for the... Uh, our, our no agenda movie club, whatever it is. There's a there's a film that, or it's actually a documentary. It's actually quite interesting called Bigger, Faster, Stronger, which is a movie uh, that documents the use of steroids by athletes and also by the public in general in the United States, and the fact that it was made illegal by George H. W. Bush, and it, ne- it never was before. And apparently, this is not a, as harmful as they'd like you to believe. And every apparently every athlete in the world is on it. Uh-huh. But I was watching this thing, and there was a clip that I pulled from it. Which is that if you want drugs clip, uh, which I just thought had the punchline. This is like a clip about this guy who's, who's doing the documentary. and But it has a punchline that I just thought was hilarious. I was always against steroids. And when I found out that all my heroes used them, 
I'd like to say it didn't bother me, <laughs> but it really did. I can't imagine how my mom would feel if she found out that both of my brothers are on steroids right now. My older brother started using steroids when he went to play Division I football at the University of Cincinnati. When I got to Cincinnati, I mean, the practices were so grueling. I mean, much more than what I expected. Coaches would say, you got to get bigger, you got to get stronger, you got to get faster. Was it intimidating? Oh, man, no, different, a lot different than I thought it was going to be. He called me from Cincinnati and asked me for money for steroids. And I said, what do you need that for? He says, because I can't compete here. So I'm like, well... I don't know what that is. It sounds like drugs. He goes, it is drugs. And I say, well, I'm not going to send you money for drugs. If you want drugs, go get a job. <laughs> so anyway, I just think that should be a motto. If you want if you, drugs, go get a job. Uh, yeah. So, but I was, this whole thing is kind of interesting, but it reminds me of when I used to be a factory worker mm. during my college days. And I realize at this point, and I think this is true, even though I believe the two of us are clean and sober to say the least, uh, Generally, and uh, but there, well, I was working this this uh, international harvester for a while, and I worked one whole summer, and I was go- working. I w- I could never keep up with the demands of this simple job. Of, uh, there was a there was a sub assembly that I was responsible for making, and I had to make well, this sub, thing uh, as in submarine or a no a sub assembly. So this was a part of the brake uh, oh. system, and it oh. was like a little. There was a device that had a couple of hoses on it, and they had to put a thing here and a thing there. And you had to drill out this. And you had to put a cap on it. It's right. so about eight nine step process, and I had to make these things all day. Right. That's when I. That's the point at which I learned that if you want to work in factories in the United States, and I always advise this to people or factories anywhere, learn to become either a receiving clerk or, or an inspector. Inspector, inspector right? And the inspector is the best job there is, and it doesn't take much. And it's just and it's a good job anyway. Right. So I'm doing this thing. W- were I, you I'm high? Not keep, no, I wasn't high. It turns out that later, it turns out there was a big drug bust in both the uh, General Motors plant and also at the International Harvester place where they, oh, they, these guys were strung out on amphetamines. <laughs> and that's the only – because I was never – I could never keep up with the, with the quota. The guy was always being tra- – yeah, you're way behind. You're thousands of <laughs> yeah. units. You're not done. Yeah, that's why you got to take the Cokes. So these guys were all it was amphetamines, mm. beans, and so these guys. So <laughs> wait, wait, wait. what did you call them? Beans, beans. benzene, beans, man, bennies. So beans. they used to, apparently these uppers, guys are down in these things all day, and they were just completely wasted on drugs, and they could get the they could get their production numbers up. Right. And I think that this is, and if we look at it, they always the United States is laced with cocaine and all kinds of other performance enhancing drugs yeah. because there's so many demands on the workers. That's why our productivity is so high. But at the same time, let's face reality about this stuff. If this is the way it is, legalize drugs for God's sake. All right. Yeah. Done. Well, right. Cool. I should try some of that. Uh, why? <laughs> I've never I've never done coke in my life ever. Yeah, well, yeah I would avoid it. If I with your personality, <laughs> well, that might be funny. I would avoid. I it. haven't done e. I haven't done coke. I, I weed. That's the only thing I've ever. Done. I think in college I snorted a diet pill. You were you were so strung out on weed for so long that I fire you. I would stay away from everything. Wait a minute, you saw me on weed. I wasn't like strung out. That's not a good characterization. I functioned perfectly fine. No, I wouldn't say strung fine. out. So far as that, you were wasted. You were fine. You were noticeably normal on weed. I didn't. I like. I told somebody recently. I said when he stopped using weed, I couldn't tell. Who who uh, who were you talking to about my situation? My wife. Oh, okay, that's cool. I, I, I couldn't tell. He changed. It looks like the same guy to me. Yeah. So you were obviously. 
I, I don't know, I guess the word strung out is the wrong one, but you were apparently so into it that it was part of your life and it really yeah. didn't change your personality much, but you couldn't get off of it that easy. If you, were, if you brush past me on the street, you get a contact high. You would. Yeah. <laughs> there were, you know, we were, I had to tell this story. We were used to walk around San Francisco discussing things when he was with working me, out. With me trailing and behind like a Muslim was, housewife. No, no, we, when we got to, I would always look behind him and there was two or three <laughs> dopers going like, <laughs> breathing real hard. They're always following him. And I had no, to always, no, I always like, get, yeah, you two, get out of here. <laughs> the, I always had to chase him. There's always these group. I always had to chase him away. We wanted to scrape his hair, man. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Hey, um, first interview is now out with uh, Sweet Mickey Martelli. <laughs> yeah, Sweet Mickey Martelli. He is the He's new... still alive. That's a plus. Well, you know what? I'm going to revise my statement uh, about Sweet Mickey Martelli. What was your statement? Well, that, you know, it's just another shill. Yeah. He's just a dumb guy. Is my he's not my statement. So I think the guy actually has he's not smart enough to be a no, shill. Is that what you're no, saying? No, he's not. And, I, and I'm listening to this okay. interview. You want me to side here? It's, okay. It's, well, no. I mean, I think his heart is in the right place. And uh, so, first of all, there's two bits I want to play here. Uh, this is from I think a uh, Canadian interview, and uh, which is completely chopped up. You know, the woman's asking questions, and then it's like snip and then you hear his room noise it wasn't it's edited the questions are done later probably i don't know um but the first thing is about uh, the consultants that he used which of course we know actually they were spanish consultants i didn't know this um these uh, election consultants who also ran the mccain came uh, mccain campaign for senator mccain not successfully i might add uh, but these are these are professionals, and their headquarters is in in, uh, in uh, Gitmo Nation Castanets, which I find rather peculiar. Uh, I haven't delved into them very far, but anyway. So um, uh, the interviewer asked the question about uh, about how he came up with you know why did he decide to go with consultants? Duh. His answer is rather surprising. I want to ask you about your history as an. There was the clue that's a Canadian. <laughs> I want to ask you about entertainer and how you've moved on to the political stage. You hired um, an international consultancy, the same one that helped elect uh, Felipe Calderon in Mexico and that worked on John McCain's. No, right. Calderon, isn't he the drug lord? No, he's the head of Mexico. It's. Thank no, you. this called no. You're thinking of the Calderon drug cartel <laughs> oh. out of Colombia. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm uh, different Calderon. Not related. All right, so let's get back to the question and answer. 2008 presidential campaign. Why did you feel you had to do that? Well, to be honest with you, uh, I plan on doing on campaigning on my own. Uh, it's a, a group of friends. They felt that uh, it would be good for them to offer this to the campaign, and they did. <laughs> so, hey, so my buddy said, hey, check these guys out. <laughs> I can just see this guy. He's like smoking a joint. I'm going to run, man. I'm going to do it. Hey, yeah, great. Hey, Mickey, sweet Mickey, dude. Um, let me introduce you to some, some cool dudes. Oh, all right, man, that's good. And I really appreciate their donation. <laughs> uh, but uh, myself... I believed uh, that we would have uh, still done good, although I'm so, so much satisfied and so happy that I was able to use the experience of that firm to the point where uh, they're still advising me today. Oh! But uh, somehow, uh, I never felt the need. I was probably 
immature then or not a, a politician enough to understand that I needed them. But as they came along, I, I greatly appreciated their work. So do you already but feel kind of where this is going with this guy? He's like, he's dumb. He's like, oh, you know, I thought I could do, well, yeah, I guess it's a good idea. Yeah, these guys help me. You know, what do they do? Don't worry about it. Don't worry like, about he's it. He's kind of like that dumb guy who was in... Uh, South Carolina, wherever it was, he ran unopposed in some election. Oh, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the it's kind of a sweet but dumb right, guy. exactly. And he's just like, oh, I, I thought, you know, the people don't, I thought they really loved me. Didn't they elect me? No, dude, they, it was fraud. Your votes got bought, dude. Please don't. He's like totally believing it. Now, here's the tip off. <laughs> and, and I'm listening. I had to play it back four times. I had to research like. 10 websites to make sure that the guy actually, he's got it all wrong. And I'll stop it at the point where he does this. He doesn't even know the name of the organization that is withholding the money. So this is about um, housing for uh, the slaves, who, by the way, are going to be turned into slaves to, to um, besides the, the tourism part, which is John's favorite, they're going to have to make mangoes now, grow mangoes to export mangoes, and uh, they're you know they're creating jobs. I'll read all the documents, by the way. This this Haiti hack job, uh, they're creating eighteen thousand jobs in the uh, garment uh, industry. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and in addition to that, there um, uh, there's all kinds of help groups or groups for uh, young women fifteen to twenty four to help them get on their feet and not be hookers, but be. Uh, uh, in the Call gar- girls. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're going to upgrade you. <laughs> this is what we're all about. Clinton leading the charge. So and I listened. So this is about housing for 5,000 know, for, for tents uh, to get people out of tents and, and into houses. And uh, unbelievable. Listen to this. Uh, right now, I just finished a meeting with a, with a landowner. He has about 5,000 acres of land and is willing to partner with the state. Now, it's a matter of finding uh, the, the finance, financing this project. Now, okay, so he's he has a guy who wants to partner with the state. Of course, we don't know who that is, Bill Clinton, and uh, who's got like 5,000 acres. And, well, where are we going to get the money? Because, you know, we who has the money, John? Where's all the money? Remember all that money? Well, yeah, the money people were texting. Well, let's go find out. Mickey, where are you going to get the money from? The Haitians need a decent life. It's imperative that we take them out of the tent. So we will, either through the CIRH, which is the International Commission for the Reconstruction of Haiti. Okay, so this is where I'm like, C-I-R-H? I'm like, what? What he's saying is C-I-R-H, and uh, which is actually the domain name for the IHRC. And IHRC is not the International Haiti Recovery Commission. It's the Interim Haiti Recovery Commission, who, of course, is uh, the president of that organization is John. What? Bill Clinton. No. Yes. So not only does this Martelli not know the actual name of the organization that has stolen the money or is with doesn't even have it but is, is supposed to be the funnel which is the IHRC the interim Haiti recovery commission he's got the the initials wrong and he even thinks it stands for international Haiti recovery commission it does not it stands for 
Interim Haiti Recovery Commission. Ash, which is the International Commission for the Reconstruction of Haiti. It's not even reconstruction, it's recovery. Recovery of what? Of, of Clinton's crap, recovering land that he thinks he owns, Martelli. We will identify funds, or again, in the new budget for the next year, fiscal year, we will make sure that we, we, we put money in this budget for the people because we have to un- oh how nice really isn't that what all the money's meant for uh, <laughs> i think we got a dummy way they're living right now under the tents is uh unacceptable as much as the education system that needs to be uh, rebuilt and here it comes and in case of in case the sayer ash would, wouldn't allow us to get funds for that we have we have also identified other places where we can uh, generate money (laughs) so to summarize in case bill clinton decides not to give money for the people to have houses instead of tents which it sounds like martelli has no control over because you know hey it might not happen you know in case they don't allow it you know my overlords we have other places we can get the money you know like hookers and blow it's like it's so obvious <laughs> the guy oh my god sorry haiti it's not, oh and this is this is something unexpected from the hades it's nations. not it's not unexpected it's just not reported and all and you, know, and you look at all the if you look at and it is actually i have to give them that it, the website is cirh.ht and maybe everything's backwards because it's supposed to be French, but it's not the International Haiti Reconstruction Commission. It's the Interim Haiti Recovery Commission. And recovery, I guess the only thing they're recovering is just whatever they think belonged to them in the first place. And you just go look at the recovery plan. It's like $11 million here. <laughs> Where's all the billions? Yeah, Where did the billions go? All the God. people that texted $10 I on their swear phone. To, well, the Red Cross has the majority of it. By the way, Japan's Red Cross, which has collected over a billion dollars in the first three weeks because of the, uh, the earthquake and the tsunami, says uh, we have not yet distributed any of the funds. Any. Well, wait a minute. Why? Any. Well, uh, Cabinet Secretary Yukio Edano uh, has been urging that this take place. Uh, let me just see. Japan's Red Cross collected more than $1 billion. Uh, Meanwhile, the operator... No explanation. Shut up. Why are you asking questions? Just shut up. We just hadn't... No donations are dispersed through local governments that rely on independent commit. They have no answer. And no one's asking the question, apparently. But the statement is, Japan's... A five-year-old can say why. Yeah, well... I guess the media hasn't got any five Japan's Red Cross has collected more than one billion... By the way, everyone who bought the album on iTunes that went to the Red Cross, that's your money. How do you feel now, stupid idiot? You fell for it again. More than one billion dollars in the first three weeks after the massive earthquake and tsunami, but has yet to distribute any funds directly to victims. Well, no, of course not. It's got to go to corporations. When will, when will we finally understand this? <laughs> Never. When will we finally just say... Never. You know, and, and why don't any of these Hollywood elites just say, I'm not participating in the Red Cross because they steal the money? 
They don't think for themselves. The funny thing is I was watching this thing about, it was on one of the, the, I think it was Entertainment Tonight or something. I didn't take any clips, but for good reason. But there was about, what's her name, uh, the actress who's getting married. It's a big deal. Oh, uh, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Why do I even know this? Yes, there you go. Now you're you're right in. Hot yeah. So, so they have a pic clip of her when she's 15 on some talk show, and she's giggling. Hey. She says, I don't know. I'm only 15. They just tell me what to do, and I do it. Whatever they tell me to do, I do it. God, I don't know anything anyway. I'm only 15. And she goes on like that. Right, right. I'm thinking this is the way all these actors are. They don't know what they're doing. They're, be, they're told what to do. Yeah. In the case of George Clooney and all this Sudan and the rest of it, you never see him by himself. Yeah. He's always got <laughs> yeah. some guy with him. The whole thing is just yeah. ridiculous theater. Handler. Handler. Yeah, he's got a handler, always. <coughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's bad. So anyway, I've got a couple of things I want to get to before we... we because we, we didn't talk about Libya at all. I got, and, some, I got some Libya stuff. Well, I got a couple of interesting things because I have two clips and I want you... Because I have a question for you. Oh. This will be an Ask Adam. Is that up first or not? No, no. Up first is, is the NATO press conference with this foppish guy who is the... Oh, I saw this, yeah. Hey, Roy, uh, hey, Rear Admiral <laughs> Russi, Russell Harding. In my rear, He's a Operation Unified Protector Deputy Commander. Yes, I am in my rear, Admiral. And, and uh, the, the whole... I love that press conference. It starts off with this woman on the speakerphone. For like half an hour saying how awesome it all is. <laughs> it's taking place in Naples, but let's play a clip here. Uh, I would like to know if it's possible to confirm how many uh, proven casualties, uh, civilian casualties that have been uh, due to NATO attacks that you can, uh, can be sure and you can confirm. And uh, what is NATO doing to improve communication and coordination with the, the, the rebel forces? Thank you. I'm going to get a reputation for this because I'm going to take the first, the second question first. <laughs> Very good. Oh, the boys at the club won't believe me. I keep taking the second question first. <laughs> uh, someone's going to catch up with me quite soon and then start asking the questions round the wrong way. <laughs> and then I said... <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to catch up to me. That's not thinking they're making the question first. Oh. <laughs> Bertie, Bertie, pause another one. Um, your second question was, what are we doing to improve the communications with the rebel forces? I have to be frank and say, it is not for us trying to protect civilians of whatever persuasion to improve communications. <laughs> the homosexual persuasion. With those rebel forces. I can see what your point is of how do you avoid knocking out um, TNC tanks that we hadn't previously seen in that respect. But I think I'm secure in that in saying um, it's not for us to improve the communications. What we have to do is we have to see very clearly where civilians or civilian population areas are being attacked and then make sure that we can either take action or if we can't take action it's because we might cause collateral damage in that respect. So it, that's my answer to that question I think of we need to make sure where there is action we know where it is that we can protect the civilians. <laughs> And then I said, nothing. <laughs> I just talked to Bugabli Gook about tanks and they bought it. The second half of the first question, which he took second, is actually worse. Your first question on civilian casualties, I think the best answer to that, 
in trying to be very precise is to ask NATO HQ to come back up with an answer to that and follow up that because there is a danger that any answer I give now could be out of date by the time I gave it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on a second. Now, here's what he said. Yeah. I can't give you an answer because there's going to be a lot more dead people in five minutes. <laughs> Stand what by. is he talking about? Unless or how many people are they killing? They must be killing people left and right for him to give that answer. Right? Let's listen to it again. That was, that was pretty damn good, John. Hold on a second. But because there is a danger that any answer I give now could be out of date by the time I gave it. <laughs> no, it's not even five minutes. It's like five seconds. Yeah. Wow. That was, that's astonishing. What he's saying is that we're killing people left and right. That's what the subtext is. Yeah, you know, the, the people in Libya apparently now painting their houses, the roof of their houses pink. Which oh, is like, we, yeah, so don't, don't throw the bomb here, which, of course, immediately turns into a target. Uh, they must be hiding there. Human shields. This one's cropped Blow up again. Blow them all up. They're using people as human shields. In that respect. So what I'd like to do is hand over back to NATO, uh, or not hand the question back to NATO HQ, but to say that's something we'll come back to you on that. Thank you. And then, so, and then uh, I told him we're killing lots of people, and then I told him I'll get back to them later. <laughs> There's another thing to note. There was no reason for him to reverse order the answer to that question. There was no connection. Well, yes, there the was. Two. No, there was because by taking the f the second question first and the first question second, in that time that he answered the second question first, he could kill more people. <laughs> so he was all on the mission. I need so to I'm kill some more people. So I'm listening to this thing. It goes on and on. And there's apparently it's in two places. And one of them is coming over the phone or something. And there's yeah, a woman yeah. in the other area. <laughs> and she decides to chime in on something. Oh, I missed that one. I tuned out after uh, the whole Betty thing. Yes, well, anyway, so this woman uh, chimes in about. Now, I'm going to add. This is an Ask Adam. Play the clip. Play an ad. You got one queued up. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Hey, get stopped. <laughs> it's terrible. That's a D. No, Too I'm long. You got to make people doing these things, you got to make them snappy. Okay. Well, all right. So, what's the Who clip? is Baroness Ashton? Do I play the clip or answer the question? Well, play the clip, then answer the question, because uh, I'd like to know. I can answer the question. Baroness, Why is she involved in the war in Libya? Well, Baroness Ashton is, of course, a member of the British elite. Uh, that's why she's a baroness. She's a total douche bucket. And uh, she is the uh, United States of Europe. Uh, well, it's it's act the technical uh, name eludes me, but it's something like ambassador to the world at large. Anything that is not on the moon bases. But really, she's like the foreign minister. And she's a total nincompoop. And now we'll play the clip. In terms of the uh, humanitarian mission, as you know, NATO has completed its plans for a humanitarian mission and stands ready, if requested, uh, to put that mission in place. At the moment, uh, we are making sure, as the Rear Admiral said, that we are deconflicting, uh, as uh, the term goes uh, here, making sure that there is no conflict, no confusion uh, between our operations to enforce uh, the arms embargo and humanitarian operations ongoing for the people of Libya. 
and also in terms of our regular contact with the European Union that is ongoing, that is clear, that is transparent. I can tell you that the Secretary General uh, will be meeting uh, the European Union High Representative, uh, Baroness Cathy Ashton, next Monday, and uh, we have all also invited uh, Baroness Ashton to the uh, NATO Foreign Ministers meeting next week in Berlin to discuss the situation in Libya. Yeah, so the High Priestess. What did they call her? The high. She said they said she was high. Say, <laughs> well, she is high. Now she's a total douche bucket. This is the uh, Nigel Farage rags about her all the time. Baroness Ashton. Yeah, she has uh, a staff of like fifty. Uh, she makes half a, half a million euros a year. It's it's unelected, just appointed. She's a horrible, horrible woman, and she's ugly. <laughs> Not that that and the portions sense. are so small. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, this is you know it's crazy. It's just crazy. But you got to laugh about it. And, you know we've got uh, Haiku Herman, you know, walking around saying. Yes, it is all our risk. We are good. We have made you know, it all I'm, happen. I'm watching this this carnival uh, circus. I guess is a better word. Yeah. And I'm wondering about you know. I, I wrote down this this note. Are we actually? Maybe that we don't know this, but the United States is secretly what we're really up to here is secretly remilitarizing Europe so they can kill each other again. Oh, and we I hope so. <laughs> they can kill each other again and we you know we're going to get a few dead but we're going to reap the rewards well, in the really, long it's, haul it's really interesting you say that because if you look at the fractal of it all you know look at uh, look at who's all ganging up together and look at who's opposing stuff you know germany is kind of like uh, opposing the french and we got italy with like a mussolini guy in there you know it's it's it is kind of a fractal of a of another world war thing, I think World War One and World War Two. Yeah, and then we'll divvy it all up again. We'll have another Paris nineteen nineteen. We'll have another divvying up of the world, and California will be uh, the Middle East or something. I don't know what it's gonna. It's it's uh, it's nutty. It's not good. Meanwhile, let's just stick with Libya for a second. So I was flabbergasted, literally flabbergasted, by what crossed my television set uh, earlier this week. Uh, I watched the Wolf Blitzers uh, during the day, and um, with the situation room. <laughs> so Wolf Blitzer is just a—he's a pretty gray-haired fox, isn't he? Yeah, that pretty man. And he, so you know, they have like, you know, even though there's this huge war and everything, they've got Nick Robertson uh, in uh, Tripoli. You know, they just open open communication all the time. They got, oh, I'm just standing here. Nick Robertson, by the way, who uh, used to be a satellite engineer. That's how he got started. Did you know that? No. Yeah, he got started as a satellite engineer during the first Gulf War, working with Peter Arnett. He was probably the guy that uh, set up some of those fake satellite things. He seems like he would be. He might, you know, for all I know, Nick Robertson is in the Bahamas. You know, they they never have an establishing shot. It's always just like with some like palm tr pine trees actually in the background. Have you noticed this? No, but I, I'm going to start looking. And then sometimes he'd be like. Oh, while we're speaking, we just hear some gunfire. You hear, like, nothing. And then Wolf will always go, yeah, uh, turn up the microphone so we can hear the gunfire. And, like, well, it's really heavy artillery fire. You don't hear nothing. So I may just bite shitty mics there at CNN. Anyway, that's nothing to do with this clip. So he has another, like, a guy on who's in Libya. And this is former congressman. Um, 
What's his name here? Kurt Weldon. And uh, I, I, I forgot to mention this on the last show, but Kurt Weldon went over to Libya. He's like, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go fix everything. Like, uh, what? So all of a sudden, the former congressman just decides to hop on over to Libya, which, uh, by the way, is real easy to do, apparently. John, you and I could go vacation there, I think. Everyone's, yeah, you want to go? Every, I'd love to. Everyone seems to be just walking in and out, you know, in and out of the press compound. No problem whatsoever. You know, I'd love to see it. <clears throat> and he says the most astonishing things. And Wolf Blitzer is actually questioning him. Oh. And, and, and he just, it, well, it just, just blew me away. Uh, listen like. to this. When was the last time you spoke with someone from the Obama administration about your mission? Well, I don't want to get into the details of what I did before I came, but... <laughs> right then, I'm like, my head whips around. CIA. <laughs> my head whips around, like, what? <laughs> I don't want to get into the... De- uh, and this is video. It sounds like audio, but it's video. Just to say, as you've seen, acknowledged in the press, I did reach out uh, in an ongoing way with friends who have ties to both the State Department and the White House, and I did... <laughs> uh, CIA, yes. ...interact with friends in the Congress from both parties. Friends! I did not seek any endorsement for this trip. In fact, the first letter I received to invite me here was from the Deputy Foreign Minister, and I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to accept that. Uh, I said, if, if I get a letter inviting me as a private citizen uh, by someone like Bashir Salah, then I would consider coming. I received that letter in both English and Arabic. In fact, I made it available... Uh, to your network, and that's why I'm here. Um, I, I plan to provide uh, information when I get back as they deem appropriate. If they don't want my information, fine. I'm not here to make policy. I'm not here uh, to de- deviate from the president's agenda. All right, so at this point, I'm like, wait a minute. Why is he there? I mean, yeah, this, that's the first question I'd ask. Yeah, I was like, well, well, what are you doing is there? Is he there then? for the baths? <laughs> The mud bath, or is he there for the, the, the healthy bath. waters? He's there for some enema. I support President Obama in this effort. I support Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. And Oh Biden, I think they are taking the right course. Uh, Hillary's statements yesterday, and notice that Hillary's statements. What? You know, it, it, first he, he's talking about Secretary of State, then it's like, you know, hey, Hillary, what Hillary said the other day. And like, that was a slip. That is a big slip to say, uh, Hillary, you know, whatever, Hillary. Uh, by someone like Bashir Salah, then I would consider coming. I received that letter in both English and Arabic. In fact, I made it available uh, to your network, and that's why I'm here. Um, I, I plan to provide uh, information when I get back as they deem appropriate. If they don't want my information, fine. I'm not here to make policy. I'm not here uh, to de- deviate from the president's agenda. I support President Obama in this effort. I support Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. I think they are taking the right course. Uh, Hillary's statements yesterday about what needs to be done here by, uh, the, by uh, Colonel Gaddafi, I support 100 percent. I just want to clarify your specific role, because some questions have come up about if you're involved in any business deals, have been involved in business deals with Libya over the years. You say you've had no financial relationship with Libya in any of your capacity since leaving the Congress. Is that right? Absolutely. I have not made one dime, or I should say one dinar, from Libya, (laughs) anyone in this country. Now, dollar is a different thing, but dime, I don't do dimes. Uh, And that is in case, that is in fact today... Uh, coming over here, I'm no one's paying me. 
I'm doing this because... All right, now listen, no one's paying me. Uh, ...as I did for 20 years as the vice chairman of the Armed Services Committee. Wired Magazine uh, is, is, has reported Absolutely. that uh, your company, Defel Defense Solutions, a company you worked for, <laughs> did it one... So here starts to unravel. I'm like, this is interesting. Okay, Defense <laughs> Solutions. So Wolf is actually like, he's like but he's, he's quoting Wired, like deep, in, like deep journalism yeah, here. Yeah, that's the Wolf best they can do. Yeah. Point, proposed selling arms to Libya under Gaddafi. Is that right? No, that's, first of all, I have no ties to Defense Solutions. I did some consulting work with that company, as did General Barry McCaffrey and a couple of retired ambassadors. That company has not been in existence for Wired Magazine ought to become up to date because it's been basically non-existent for, I think, three or four years. I did some brief consulting for them. Never did I ever offer to sell any weapons to Libya uh, <laughs> because, the, as you know, our uh, State Department requirements have never allowed uh, arms to be sold to this country. Unlike the Brits and perhaps some of the other European countries, we have a mandate that that's not been permitted. All right, so at this point, I'm like, all right, whatever. But then it takes another interesting turn. And just to be precise, you never encourage, you never work to lift that, uh, that embargo on selling arms to Libya? No. No, I, I, I've worked to try to normalize relations. I put together a comprehensive series of uh, initiatives that could bring our people together in health care, in education, in housing, in uh -huh. environment, in energy. I put together uh, ideas to create a relationship between the Jamahoria and, and the Congress, as I've done in nine other countries. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, this guy must be a saint. He's just there to go make it all good and make it, get housing and education for children. And now, because thank God, Wolf starts to ask again. Well, I, I'm proud of what I've done, and I'm sad that our efforts haven't paid off. And now we're in the midst of another war that's cost the American taxpayers almost a billion dollars, money we don't have. And who's paying for your current trip? Now, remember, like, no one's paying for it. Didn't he just say that? No one's paying for it? No one's paying. I'm here my own, my own free goodwill. Together with your delegation to Libya now. Yeah, it's, uh, the delegation is three people I brought over, an attorney friend of mine from Houston, because there are some things they're working on that I will not discuss tonight. <laughs> <but I> will... <laughs> and this is, he's working on some things that I'm not going to discuss. Well, tomorrow... You can talk to your, uh, your own people about that. Your, your, your station, your network's been in the lead on that. Uh, my, uh, the only thing that was covered was my airfare over oh. here. Uh, and, oh. and that's it. I'm not the asking airfare. for any money. That's not why I'm here. Oh, who, okay. who paid for the airfare? Uh, the airfare was paid for by uh, the team of uh, Steve Payne and Brian Ettinger. There we go. Steve Payne and Brian Ettinger. Finally. Takes him four minutes, but Wolf gets out of him. These guys are total... Uh, oil weapons consultants, um, worldwide strategic partners yeah. who have some uh, amazing little brochures out there uh, hanging out with George Bush, you know, uh, at his ranch and uh, shooting skeet with uh, Dick Cheney. It's like the jackals are in. The jackals are already in and they're being protected on all sides. So it's over. We're already is in. A, is this a shock to any of us? No, but it, it, the fact that Wolf Blitzer actually uncovered. Actually got it out yeah, of somebody. That, yeah, they, they, yeah. that They named a name, but then they did no follow nothing. up whatsoever. No, nothing. Nothing. There's another 30 seconds. Oh, those two guys. Oh, okay, oh, great. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, and I went to uh, Korea with him. You know, it's like <laughs> the whole thing. And this is a former congressman. This is the problem. This is the entire problem. They're all elitist pricks, every single one of them. And what they need is a shoe. That's what they need.
Anyway, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, no, of course Wolf says nothing. Nothing. Idiot. Well, no. Why would he? All right. And uh, what else do we have? Yeah, the that, the that Nick Robertson thing, I delved into that, but that was kind of dumb. Uh, you know, there's a whole false flag rape victim, which reminded yeah. me so much of that woman who talked about the, remember uh, in Iraq? The Kuwait, the Kuwait woman that talk, that was from Hill and Knowlton that talked before Congress about the mess that was going on? Yeah, that with, one? The, with the premature babies in the, in the incubators. That one. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that yeah no, part she, of it, no, she was talking about the you know, Iraqis, kind of the soldiers coming in and tipping over the incubators with the babies. Uh, in there's them. one push it over. Dead yeah, baby. and so this this woman who was uh, uh, allegedly raped, Nick Robertson interviews her, and she she's like, uh, yeah, you know, it's like I got tied up and beaten and raped, and then you can't see it anymore. But as soon as I upload the videos to YouTube, uh, I'll get them to you. Literally, that this is like what. Yeah, it's just, the whole thing is crazy. And then uh, Dana Perino. Remember her? Yeah, Dana. Well, she's on Fox all the time. Yeah. she She's actually... Uh, she's, she's hot. She's very pretty, but then when you see her sit, seated with a bunch of other people, she's apparently like four foot one. <laughs> and I think she's got a really big really? butt. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, I've never seen her standing, but I mean, from the looks, there, there was some well, presentation recently, and there was a whole slew of people, and there's like person, 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 midget, person, 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 and I said, who's the <laughs> midget? Who's midget? And I look and look, and it's Dana Perino. <laughs> remember she had a black eye after George Bush beat her up for saying something wrong? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> she had a black eye. She probably walked into a doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> so she's on with, uh, she's on the SeanHannity.com. And uh, she, uh, I forget who she's with, but she says the most bizarre thing about his tie. I'm interested in cutting spending here in Washington, D.C. And joining me now with reaction from the Fox Business Network, the host of Varney and Company, Stuart Varney, and former White House press secretary, Fox News contributor, Dana Perino. But what were you saying about uh, Mr. Varney's tie? What? Nothing. It's <laughs> lovely. That's not what you were saying. <laughs> it has an interesting emblem on it, that, not that anything was wrong. All right, let's, let's compare. It looks like an... Uh, did you ever work for the Al Jazeera networks? He's wearing a tie that has Al Jazeera logos on it. And I'm like, yeah, of course, this is total subliminal stuff. But, a lot of, but if you really paid attention, you'd see a lot of pins and stuff. You know, symbolism is big with the elites. And I bet you... And literally, the guy has a tie that looks like the Al Jazeera logo. And she called him on it. But she wasn't supposed to because like, hey, hey, Dana, Ixnay on the Jazeera emblem A. All right. We all know we're trying to promote that. Uh. She was when she was the press secretary. She did. She, they you know they rolled out. They had you know generally some men, and then they bring out this pretty girl. She's yeah. very pretty. There's no very, question very about pretty, it. Very pretty. Very pretty. And they put her on. And she and I think she's the one who said, didn't know anything about the Vietnam War that it existed. <laughs> really? it, was, it was something really dumb that she did during <laughs> that era that they, they gave her crap about, or that there was a civil war in the United States. She just didn't know any history. Yeah, but she she's actually become fairly decent as a commentator on Fox. But she's tiny and has a big butt. So I don't know about the butt. I'm just guessing from the looks of when I saw this one thing. There was person, 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 midget, person, person, person. It looked like the midget had a big butt. That's all I can say. <laughs> Susan Rice has a big butt too. Well, you know that's the Hillary. And thing. she's got yeah, she's got those straight pant legs underneath the red jacket. It's like a uniform. It's like a coat. Yeah, I know. It's like a the, the unit. It's a horrible looking. Uh, it's like uh, Napolitano has this kind of yeah, outfit. Yeah, it's like don't do that. Now, I, you know what? We could not only advise Russia today. 
we could advise all of these warmongering women to do a much better job because they just yeah they're, presenting themselves. They're, yeah, they're just it's not they're nice. unpresentable. Yeah, <laughs> big butt midgets. There goes there. There goes the <laughs> there female, female donations for the next yeah. show. Yeah, well, we those guys are a couple of sexist pricks. No, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. Uh, we actually love women. We appreciate women as total equals and peers. But when you get these women, and by the way, we call out men just the same. If, you know, I, did I just talk about some ugly old shrumpled up dude just today? We talk about it all the time. It's just you get called out on the women thing. Right. Well, you, generally speaking, people who do these kinds of news analysis shows don't resort to personal attacks on people's appearance. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. But that's, we just do it because I think that is needed. Yeah, it is needed. Thank you. It is needed. I, I think a lot of people say that. They say, oh, my God, this woman looks like, she looks like crap. Well, let's, they, let me put it to you a different way. We say it. We should be saying it. Politics is show business for ugly people. We are oh so critical about Kim Kardashian's butt, and we talk about that all the time, shamelessly, by the way. We make fun of anyone who's on crack or drugs and gets a mugshot taken. We love it. We pass it around to each other. So I think you're right. I think it's fair game for the the show business for ugly people politics for them to be called out on their appearance as well. They want to be in it. They they all get high on it. They're all horny for being... camera time they all love it they all get their hair done look at hillary she goes to she goes she does a press conference in france just to get her hair done that would be my theory yeah all right time for the end of show clip now we have a conflict here what is your uh, what is your end well of show i have clip? a couple I, I wanted to discuss a little bit about the donald trump and the fact that he's an interesting red herring and i have two clips yeah. from trump mm-hmm. and one including most of the crap that he said on the today show yeah. which is hilarious as far as i'm concerned because he's essentially bringing out topics he's talking about by the way the birth certificate thing he keeps bringing it up and there's a new theory going around that you don't hear too much about in the mainstream media but as soon as it came up i said oh that's an interesting theory which is that tr- that you know he has a certificate of live birth, but he won't bring out his real birth certificate. And, and Trump doesn't even mention this, but there's apparently the movement about oh, show me the birth certificate, show me the birth certificate, show right. me the birth cer- certificate is based on the fact that yes, he has one, but in there there's a section that says religion Muslim. Oh, okay. So that would be a, a bad thing. So he doesn't want to show this birth certificate. Now, so I'm going to pass on the Trump clips because I think they're they're funny huh. and universal enough that we can put them on the next show. Okay. And you can run your clips. Oh, really? We'll Are you sure? Yeah. Well, I think they're good enough that we can. It's, it's, it's a humor. pretty cool. Yeah. Humor. I mean, I have been following the Trump thing. And, uh, of course, um, you know, who's making the most money from this right now is NBC. Because yeah. the ratings are up for uh, and Golly G Wiz, he, he was on uh, the Today <laughs> Show. What's what network's yeah. that on? Yeah. And, oh wait, and uh, Golly NBC. G Wiz, he was all over MSNBC. They were criticizing him, but yeah. they played the whole thing. Of course, because it's great for the ratings of The Apprentice, which is on right now. And I think you are right that it is. Uh, it's just a setup for Mitt Romney. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention um, Susan Rice married to an ABC News producer. Forgot to mention that. Uh huh. The compromised ABC News. Uh, yeah. So the Trump thing. Yeah, it's it's annoying. It, at this point, it's just annoying. You know, and and it's like another topic of dis- discussion that just distracts from everything. Oh, it's else. a total distraction. But I, I personally find it quite funny because everybody gets so worked up about it. Now, just at the end here, I I want to a curse you and b thank you. 
uh, curse you because uh, you uh, noticed that there was uh, promotion going on for the Kennedys. And uh, so this thing is, I guess they wanted to run it on the History Channel, but the History Channel said, well, this is not really historically correct. So uh, they sold it to Reels. And by the way, the History Channel said that? (laughs) I know. So um, we watch this thing, and it's running every single night. There's an episode. It's the biggest piece of crap ever. The acting is Horrible. Is this the thing with Katie Holmes? Yeah, and Greg Kinnear. Katie Holmes, huh. by the way, I kind of, you know, Mickey disagrees, but I think she's probably the best actor in the bunch, and she plays Jackie O. Um, but the sets are it's poor, piss poor quality. The acting is so atrocious, and the whole thing is Kennedy saved the world. Kennedy saved the world. I'm like, oh my God, it's so unbelievably stupid. Now, because well, thank of, you. I won't have to watch it now. No, you don't. However, because of that, uh, I was watching television, you know, the entertainment TVs, like all the kids do these days, and I wound up catching the premiere episode, which aired last Sunday, and it's still being repeated, of course, tonight, but tonight is the second episode of The Borgia. Oh, yeah. You have to watch this. This is great. This is uh, 1492, um, The Borgia... Uh, Cardinal Borgia takes over the the papacy, and uh, it's subtitles. Jeremy Irons who play Jeremy Irons is a real actor, and yes. uh, and he plays uh, Pope uh, Alexander Sextus, and uh, and it's subtitled the original crime family. And you know this this is the type of show that could only have been made by Jews. I swear to God, because it like rips apart the entire Catholic religion, and not that I care about either one either way. But it's amazing. Now, you, the quality of, and this is Showtime. Man, these guys, they put some money in this stuff. It looks beautiful. Mm. It's really, really good. And the story is probably a lot more believable than that Kennedy crap. It's really good. And I, uh, I would advise everyone watch it. Because if you just want some really good entertainment that happens to come over television, this is it if you've got Showtime. Or get it on Torrent for all I care. It's really, really, really good. Uh, so they're playing the episode one and two tonight? Uh, of course, they they always repeat it an yeah. hour before. Okay, I'll, I'll put it out. I'll, I'll DVR it and I'll, I'll start watching it. Absolutely outstanding. Oh, you know what? Before we go, I did. it'll be too bad if I miss this. Uh, one of our producers did some excellent work on uh, TV film promotion. Um, let me just see if I have this. So he was watching, uh, where is this guy? I hope if I don't have it, then I'll skip it. Screw it. I'll keep it for next week. It'll be good next week. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so uh, watch that. And uh, Uh, by the way, I also want to mention I have some people that didn't get thanked for today's donations, and I'm going to push them off to Thursday. I pushed off to Sunday, then I screwed up. My mistake. Well, it's all you really have to do for the show. So, yeah, Yeah. I I do all the production and everything. Yeah, yeah, I know, Mr. Martyr. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I, I was going to go downstairs and get the material, Yeah, but you told me no. Eric has just sent me a note, uh, and uh, she is a midget, but no big butt, I have to say. Okay, well, yeah. he's probably, he, he would be he would know. She's not wearing a bra in this picture either. It's well, just, just whatever she was wearing when she was in the, in the midget shot, she just looked like she had a <laughs> no, big butt. No, 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 she looks cute. She's a cute little thing. Okay. She, oh. If only she had a flat head. All right, so here we go. Uh, <laughs> there goes our female listenership. 
Exactly. Dvorak.org slash NA, everybody, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We are way over time, but we enjoy doing it for you. Leaving you now with uh, Max Kaiser and uh, his sidekick there who deconstruct uh, uh, the entire financial crisis uh, right down to the bone, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Oh, wait, we, we haven't done our... Uh, this is kind of weird. I totally screwed that up. We haven't done our... Uh, it's all you have to do, like you just said, the production, and this is the what we get. I know. For those of you questioning this, by the way, it is the Marriott Jazz Quintet. The title of the song is On the Seventh Day. I get a lot of questions about this uh, music that we uh, play at the end of the show. And it's pod safe. Uh, now, the most important question, are you doing Twit today? Yeah, I'm going to do it from the... Uh, from the uh, Crackpot commands. Oh, oh no, hello? from the from the Buzzkill bunker. Cool. I'm not no. going anywhere. All right, I'll tune in then. Cool. It's always fun to watch you. All righty. Have to comb my hair. Apparently. Yes. And uh, the president will be speaking, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. So we'll have an analysis of that on Thursday's show. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the actual Crackpot Command Center here on the hilltop watchtower. In the People's Republic of Southern California, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley in the Buzzkill Bunker, where it's sunny and pleasant, and uh, but the office needs cleaning. I'm John C. Dvorak. And your hair needs combing. My hair needs combing. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. a big U.S. bank laundered billions from Mexico's murderous drug gangs. So this is the Guardian News, and they've uh, done a deep investigation into the story that we've covered before, which is Wachovia Bank. And they were found to have laundered $378 billion, or 30% of Mexico's GDP in this time, of drug money. The cocaine. Of cocaine, yes. $378 billion. $378 billion laundered through Wachovia, which of course now is owned by Warren Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway. And of course, he's never talked about that either. And it's a huge part of the Mexican GDP. And the bank paid a fine. Well, it's $378 billion in money laundering through the Casas de Cambio. And... They paid a $110 million fine, or less than 2% of one year's profits from Wachovia. Wachovia is now owned by Wells Fargo. Warren Buffett owns 6.5% of it. But from this article, there's a very interesting point that I want to note that relates to this whole financial catastrophe. First of all, Wachovia started really um, getting involved in these Casa de Cambio in 2004, just when the, the violence really started getting extreme and the Mexican drug wars. In April and May of 2007, three years later, Wachovia, as a result of increasing interest and pressure from the U.S. Attorney General's office, began to close its relationship with some of the Casas de Cambio. And then in July of 2007, all of Wachovia's remaining 10 Mexican Casa de Cambio clients operating through London suddenly stopped, July 2007. What happened in August of 2007? The world credit crunch. The world credit crunch began. So what we see here is that the global banking liquidity is funded from the Mexican cocaine drug cartels when somebody decided to go after them 
They withdrew their liquid cash, because remember in the global economy it's all credit and paper money. There's actually no cash except for the drug money. They, they took the drug money off the market and they crashed the global economy. The reason Bear Stearns went bankrupt, the reason Lehman Brothers went bankrupt, is because the Mexican drug cartel withdrew their cash from the market as a protest against the investigation. In other words, so Wachovia, if I'm following this correctly, they had to pay a fine. No further investigation was pursued, presumably because if they went after this story deeper, the Mexican drug cartel would threaten to withdraw the money again and throw the global economy back into a total standstill? Well, I think they learned their lesson, because let's go on to the next headline. The bank run we knew so little about. This is from the New York Times' Gretchen Morgison. And she looked at the Federal Reserve Freedom of Information documents that were released only last week. This is based on um, the Bloomberg News uh, efforts to force the Fed to release information that who they were loaning money to at the Fed's discount window. And it turns out, According to Gretchen Morganson, in August 2007, as world financial markets were seizing up, domestic and foreign banks began lining up for cash from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. That August 20th, Commerce Bank of Germany borrowed $350 million at the Fed's discount window. Two days later, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, and Wachovia each received $500 million. Now, Banks only go to the discount window when they're in serious crisis and they're facing a liquidity crunch. Thus began, Gretchen Morganson says, the bank run that set off the financial crisis of 2008. So, in retrospect, it was set off by Mexican drug gangs. The ending of the money laundering via the banks. Without that access to liquid cash, they froze up. Because it, it turns out, it appears that m drug money was the only cash in the system. Americans don't have jobs. Nobody, we only have debt. Brits only have debt. There is no cash. There's no liquidity. There's only crime. All right, so we covered this story at the time, and we've said it, we talked about this, and we said we that... We suspected it, yeah. And we said that the, the crash of 2008, the only way that the wheels of global banking systems started turning again was that the money was released by the drug, Mexican drug lords. But yes. what we're saying today is that the reason why the crisis happened to begin with. Exactly, yeah. Was that with the, with the withholding of the cash. Now, I remember, let me tell you something, Stacy. I remember just very vividly when I was working on Wall Street in the 1980s. Every Friday, we used to have cocktails on Park Avenue and watch this parade of limousines travel down Park Avenue into the basement of Citibank. Everyone knew this was money that was being laundered by Citibank from drug money. This was an open secret. Nobody doubted this. So I'm glad to see now, 20, at least 20, 25 years later, people are beginning to understand that the global finance community, the global banking system, runs entirely on cocaine money. So when they say, well, why is the war on drugs failing? Because they need the cash to run the banks. Why is the drug problem so rampant around the world? Because bankers need that money to pay their bonuses. The bankers, when we say bankers are terrorists and they kill people, and they have the moral equivalency of a Mexican drug lord lopping the head off a baby to support their crime syndicate, that's what we mean. They're, they're, they're the same, they're the same two faces of the same coin. They're terrorists. Blank fine, diamond, uh, Jose, uh, whomever, drug lord. They're all terrorists. They all revolve around cocaine and money laundering. And we, now we know 
unequivocally, based on the Gretchen Morganson's report and others, Wachovia Bank, of course, Warren Buffett's now involved with that. Who knows what Charlie Munger's habit is? The guy must be a horse. At the time, up until July 2007, when money was circulating through the banking system from the Class A drug dealing, those CDOs, backed by Wachovia Bank, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, all these other banks that went the following month to the Fed, Prior to that, their CDOs may have been A-rated. Following that, all the downgrades happened. Now, we first reported on this in 2008 when Antonia Maria Costa, then head of the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, said he had evidence to suggest that proceeds from drugs and crime were the only liquid investment capital available to banks on the brink of collapse. He said, quote, Interbank loans were funded by money that originated from the drugs trade. There were signs that some banks were rescued that way. All right, and again, here's another aspect to it. Why do analysts give these CDOs a rating of AAA? Why does Moody's, S&P, Fitch give what is obviously garbage a AAA rating? Isn't it clear they're high on cocaine? <laughs> well, Isn't it clear that people at Moody's, the executives at Moody's, Fitch, and, and uh, S&P are need to be in rehab immediately because they're taking massive quantities of cocaine to support their delusions? Yeah, but Max, what it's suggesting now, that Wachovia has not been put in trouble. Nobody's, there's no criminal sentence. There's nothing but a tiny, 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 minute little fine, like pocket change. They're saying it's AAA rated now because Class A drugs are once again backing up the collateral that we're offering, the assets we're selling. I guess this is again why the Federal Reserve doesn't want an audit. Because if you open up the vaults there at the Fed, whether it's the Fed in New York or the one in Washington, you're going to find Pablo Escobar sniffing 20 tons of blow. Yes. Dvorak.org slash N-A.